Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, let's just say in, in 91, they killed 17 of my homies in one year. So... Who who who, who was coming at you guys? Like, in L.A., nobody gets along with nobody. You know, basically, it's like, if they ain't from, if they ain't from your hood, they're your enemies. That's it. Like, you don't recognize them, like, get them. That's how... That was, like, the 90s mentality, you know? Is it... Was that the same for you guys? It's, it's, it is, and is it, like, flips a, around, yeah, you know? It's a, it's a survival tactic, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and... When you're that young, man, you out partying a lot. And with all the liquor and drugs and stuff in people's body, you know, stuff can click off For sure. you know, at the snap of a finger, man. For sure. So, a lot of, you know, and then, you know, everybody don't agree on the same color. You know, everybody don't agree on the same name, the same number, whatever the case may be. So, you know, it was always war. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always war, man. You walk your dog down the street, you better be on your P's and Q's. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's John, Bam Bam the Dog. Uh, first, on behalf of both of us and everybody from the Real Ones team, I just want to sincerely thank you guys for, for, for tuning in. The folks that I bring on the show, they're family to me, and uh, being able to tell their stories and bringing you into their world is something that I'm, I'm just super proud of and, uh, again, grateful that you guys tune in. We've decided we want to take things just a step further. It's a Patreon community. And basically what that means is if you become part of this community, look, I already bored Bam Bam. If you want to become a part of this community, you're going to be able to hear episodes early and all that, ad-free and all that good stuff. But there's all this behind-the-scenes footage, all this stuff that we've shot um, that really brings you into the folks that we've had on the show, really brings you into their world. Live chats with me and the folks that I bring on the show to talk about their world, talk about the issues that they're dealing with, about their triumphs and their tragedies. Just go to Patreon slash Real Ones on this website that you see right there, right on the screen, that's right in front of you. This whole idea was um, something about building bridges and, and, and bringing people together and um, bringing folks that often don't get the mic and, and giving the mic to them. So the fact that you guys tune in means the world. Anyways, again, thank you. Uh, be good to each other out there. Rock and roll. Where'd you grow up, man? I grew up in LA. The, the area's called West Adams. The same gang's always been there since like the 60s and late 50s, you know, the same neighborhood. What gang is that? Harpies. Mm -hmm. So, like, the new generation came in, which was dead end. That's my generation. I think, like, the end of the 80s, it just it picked up, like, gang violence, you know. And, you know, some kids, they don't have no parents, but, like, I have parents, you know. But for some reason, that's like your, it becomes like your second family. Hmm. And since you're from there, it almost makes you feel like you need to be part of that. 
and like I've been pulled away from it like in different instances in my life but I always would make my, my way back to it can you explain that? well like when I was younger I remember um, my dad had went up north or whatever like uh, northern California and um, they tried to send me out there you know like to get us away from it um, next thing you know I'm in a juvenile hall with her for like almost a year up north? up north uh -huh. and then and then the minute I'm out, uh, I get a Greyhound ticket back to L.A. And I remember this is the old Greyhound station right in downtown where mm -hmm. it was, I think. 7th Street. Is that where it was at? 7th and nah, Street. That's where, it's, that, that's where it's at right now, though. Before it was like. No, it was like off of Broadway right there. Yeah. And, and it was like a whole, Street. like yeah. a. It was, it was upstairs, big. Tunnel, yeah, it was upstairs. Up yep. yeah. Ghetto as fuck. Like <laughs> yeah. grimy as fuck. I remember I show up like fresh out of like juvenile hall with like a duffel with some money in my pocket and like I'm back in LA late night little kid on the taxi even later in my life when I was gone for all those years I just was like like long to be in the hood you know like I, I thought I did until I came back and I was like man shit changed on me you know I, I didn't it didn't feel the same to me you know because well the same faces they're not there no more there's new faces and you know it's it's that energy it kind of like shifted on me a little bit you know and and when it, and when that happens you got to play catching up mm -hmm. but sometimes when you play that catching up you're going to get wrapped up in the in the catching up you know it's crazy that you said that you chose to come back you know cuz the notion that the world get is that you forced into that stuff man you know and like i said myself you know it was something i chose because of all the love that I got, you know, from my folks there, man. It yeah. was family orientated and my father wasn't around much, you know, and, and to just get that love from, you know, other homies like that, man, you know, it's just something you choose to do, man. You know, do you feel the same way or you feel different about it? Because it was similar for you, right? I mean, you went away, you went up, you, you were in uh, Oregon, yeah, Oregon, right? Yeah. Like you went up and then you came back. I mean, what what is that draw? I mean, when you're coming back, are you saying, I want to be in the neighborhood, I want to get back with the people and this get like, 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 try to explain that to people who have no idea. You know, it's crazy because this is saying that you could take the homie out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the homeboy. Uh -huh. And that's how it is, man. You know, you know your roots, man. You know, and you bounce out of town. They could take you to, you know, because they send me out of town to stay out of trouble. Yeah. You know, and I went out of town. I played ball. I did all that shit, man. You know, but you come back and it ain't like you choose to get in trouble, man, it's just shit that just randomly happens. You got so much love for the people that surround you, you know, you 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 make bad decisions, you know, and that, that's just the way life is, you know. And and that's why one of the things I say, it's not it's, it was never a forced move. You know, it's like you chose that love. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's how I feel, you know. Yeah, no, nah, it's that's exactly how it is, you know, um like like now I I was being the hood. Like, I'm always driving through it. I stop and eat there. Uh, you know, but it's not more like me, you know. I think I'm too old to be, like, posted up over there and <laughs> hanging out corners. It's different now, you know, especially, like, because over there, like, my neighborhood got hit with a RICO indictment. So it changed that shit. It, it, that changed everything, you know. I grew up in, in, in Washington, D.C. It, was it, it was very different, but... You know, there's no, nothing I wanted to do more than sort of be with my friends. And we, you know, we would, you know, our, our version was just got street fighting, you know, like, but yeah. there was a thing about it that like, 
it's not that we were like looking for it, but it was a way to kind of show each other how much we loved each other. Yeah. Is, is that component there? I think so. I think, um, well, like a gang is like a family, you know, and, and even in the family, there's like, like a real family, there's, there's problems, but, but let's, let's just say you don't get along with your brother. But then some other guy comes and beats up your brother. You're about you're it. You're on it. That's right. So it's the same like in the neighborhood. It's like, you know, you got so many guys. Like, there's little different groups and subsets and, and all these things. But a situation will happen and it, like, brings everybody together. So, so talk about that. Talk about, like, how, like, t can you give me an example of when you guys were youngsters where, like, violence, like, you know, so, sort of... Uh, getting each other's back, however you want to look at it, but engaging in some sort of like physical violence together brought groups of young men, brought you as young men together. Like I'm, I'm going to tell you a situation, but I'm not going to go into it. Maybe out there I'll tell you about it. Cool. But there was this one time where basically like it, it was the world against us, right? Uh -huh. And um, we're at Hoover Park, my, all my neighborhood, maybe like, I mean, not all of it, but like the, the active ones, maybe like 60, 70 of us, right? Hoover Park is on the corner of Hoover and Adams. And we're in there, and um, all these trucks and cars start pulling up on us. A lot of them, 20, something like that, to come and get us. And um, it, like this looked like um, that movie, The City of Gods, mm -hmm. when all the little kids pull their, pull their thing out. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what it was. It was like 30, 40, 50 guns pointed at them. So it was like, oh, shit, they just took off because... Mm -hmm. We was just, like, we're so united. And then we have different spots in the neighborhood, so that was one of our hangouts. Another one we had was on 39th and Vermont and back of these apartments because the homies lived in these apartments. So it was like we're moving as a unit that deep, that many cars, like, okay, now we're going to go to this other spot. And then because my neighborhood was, like, divided between Southwest Police Department and Rampart. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, now let's go on the Rampart side. So we'll go over there on 20th and Vermont. So it gets hot over here. We'll switch over there. But we're moving as a unit, like, deep. It bonded you guys. Yeah, yeah. So, and then on top of that, like, we had a lot of murders, you know, like, like let's just say in, in 91, they killed 17 of my homies in wow. one year. So. Who, 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 who was coming at you guys? Like, in L.A., nobody gets along with nobody, you know, basically. It's like, if they ain't from, if they ain't from your hood, they're your enemies. That's it, like. You don't recognize them, like get them. That's how that was like the '90s mentality, you know. They ain't one of yours. Get them. Is it? Was that the same for you guys? It's, it's, it is, and is it like flips a, around? Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a survival tactic, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, but it was just when you're that young, man. You are partying a lot, and with all the liquor and drugs and stuff in people's body, you know, stuff can click off. For sure. You know, at the snap of a finger, man. For sure. So it's just. You know, with all the stuff in the mix of the body, man, you know, it's, it's always a lot of beef jumping off, a lot of problems, a lot of situations, a lot of, you know, and then, you know, everybody don't agree on the same color, you know, everybody don't agree on the same name, the same number, whatever the case may be. So, you know, it was always war. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always war, man, you know, so you just got to be on your P's and Q's, man, mm -hmm. you know, around you know, every time you walk out the door, basically, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You walk your dog down the street, you better be on your P's and Q's. Down where you were at, did you know about the Harpies? Like, did yeah, you know? Yeah, and yeah, what definitely. was your take on that? I had, uh, you know, Harpies was kind of, you spread it out. 
you know, and and uh, one of my best buddies named Joe. Uh -huh. We used to call him Mexican Joe. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? If, and I dealt with him for different reasons. You know, uh -huh. he was from Harpies. Him and all his brothers and everything. You uh -huh. know, uh -huh. and we was thick as thieves. You know what I'm saying? He grew up around the east side where I'm at down in the 50s. You know, yeah. everybody knew Mexican Joe. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to this day, everybody know Mexican Joe and his brothers. You know, yeah, yeah Harpies was around. Man. I knew definitely knew about Harpies, man. Yeah. I mean, because those dudes when they tag, they doing big old fucking heartbeat letters you know yeah, 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 yeah. you know they was tagging huge way even back then man yeah, yeah you yeah. know about harpies yeah and how about you did you know about bo at all did you know about what i didn't know bo but i knew about like like when like when um like when you know you're you're down there growing up you learn about everything mm. so you know i go past here it could be like this is the florence's or this is the east coast's or you you start okay the hoovers are over here or the South Low, so you start knowing all the gangs, like all the areas. So I've been, you know, I've been heard about the Pueblo since I was a little kid. But mm -hmm. plus my my mama, my mom's comadre used to live somewhere over there. And we used to, you know, like for us, like seeing gang writing, it's like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> just when you're young, you like seeing that, you know, because I used to write on the walls a lot. So it's like, you know, you, you, you know that's how you know where you're at, too. Yeah, you pay attention to it, man. That's like... You know, you know if you need to go around, right. through, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what, yeah. depending on what. Like, yeah. give me an example of something for somebody who doesn't know shit about it. Give yeah. me an example of something you would see on a I'm wall a, that would. I'm a blood man. Okay. My neighborhood is a blood. If I'm just say getting off the bus and I see a big old BK on the wall, I ain't gonna walk that direction because I already know what that means. Blood killer. So, you know, I'm going to try to figure something else, maybe get a few stops down and see if I can walk through somewhere where, you know, it's a little more safer, you know, for me. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing with a crib. They see CK on the wall, nine times 10, they're going to hesitate. Mm -hmm. Your yeah. car break down. Anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, You're trying yeah. to get up out of there. You know what no I'm trouble. saying? He says, you already know that's a calling card and not going because right. you might not make it out. Right. Straight right. up. Right. Can you just sort of, again, like kind of just like walk me through, you know, the 90s mentality Sort of or like how it was different from grow, you know, from from being from being young and or what well, that was like. I mean, when I was young, this before I was like, like in the gang, but I grew up in the gang, so I was always like, like it, it was gonna happen anyways. I always felt like I was part of it, even like as a kid. And there's this one of my homies that I like. He's like a legend where I'm from, and I always looked up to him. But he was a little kid. I was younger than him. But I remember him pulling up to the house, crying with a big ass gun, some like dirty, hairy shit, crying, asking one of my bros to take him on a mission because LAPD has just, had just dropped him off in the enemy neighborhood, put him there, they fucked him up, and he wanted his get back. A little kid, you know? And I always remember that in my head. I have the, that the vision. Kid, the, the, the dudes in the other neighborhood fucked him up. They beat him up, yeah. like bad. They took him right to where they were like, their spot. And that was a pretty common thing to do back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah. LAPD. Yeah. Real, so, common. Real common. We talked about that before. Yeah, and and um, <laughs> so I always have that that in my mind. Like I always remember that about him. Like he was a little kid, but he was already with the he was on another level. Like he was acting like a grown up on his mentality, like, I want my get back, like, and I don't want to fight. I want to like take it to the next level, you know. I mean, are there times where you you felt like it was hopeless and it wasn't about anything, or 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 did that never enter into your minds? I mean, for me, it was just the age, the hood, and that's it. Like, whether we were wrong, right, 
I don't I don't think that even mattered at it's that about point each other. because once you know you come into it, you just keep it going, you know. And and now that I'm older, you know, I see things different. I I, I fuck with a lot of my enemies, like a, a lot of my enemies that that back then there's no way I would be like right. talking to them or nothing. But now you know, like my worst enemies, you know, I'm over here chopping it up with them, inviting them to like. I invite them to my shows, you know. I have my enemies at my shows, and it's and it's cool, you know. It's like they grew up too, you know. So they like, and we're all from the same area. We were all going at it with each other when we were younger, and now it's like we look at it like, you know, because anything could happen. I get in a car accident down the street, and it's over That's or right. whatever, plane crash, whatever. But we look at it like, damn, we made it. That shit was kind of crazy. Like we made it out of there, and. And we both we both have people that didn't make it that we loved. That's right. And or people that went away that you know that we love. And so we all go through the same thing. So we get it. Like at the end, like now it's like it's just like mutual respect and and there's sort of like there's some love right there, you know, even though we enemies and everything, it's cool, you mm -hmm. know. Tell us a little bit about just kind of what got you out of what what got you out of who just your area and Okay, and well that. like I'm gonna say like two thousand one, two thousand two Around that time, there was a, a situation. I went to this to this place where, where a young man lost his life, and and you know like my name just came up, you know, and and next thing you know, it's like the shit. You know how it is in the hood, like it, someone will plant a scene and the shit snowballs. Next thing you know, I'm on um, LA's most wanted. So you were at you you, you were at some what like some party or yeah, something yeah. like that, and and, and, and someone then, had gotten um, killed. You know, situation took place. The young man lost his life, and now my name's in the mix. So now, you know, get him. So me, I, I kind of like backed away, and 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 you know, you sometimes when these things happen, you need you need time to think. It's, it's, How old were you then? I was like, I don't know if I was like 25, 26. I was, you know. And had you been locked up before? Yeah, I've been. I had you know since I was young. You know, I've gone to juvenile halls. Yeah, turned yeah. 18, I started going to county. Then I went to prison before. For some like robberies, and then um, but I had been out for for a while, cause you know I always did music and was always I mean I work, sell dope. I just like you know it was just little a mix of everything, you know, being in the neighborhood. So it was like one foot in, like one foot in, one foot out type. And then this happens, and I decide to leave. I'm like nah, I just I I, I need to like clear my mind, and cause a lot of things go through your mind when especially like the way it happened to me they got this guy now they got this guy oh shit they're they're going down the line so so i ended up in mexico so what so, so when you make that decision yeah basically these you, you know that they're coming after you for yeah. murder yeah and every with you it yeah with can you, you explain the psychology of it i mean it, it fucks with you just because i know a lot of people that that had got life already like crazy sentences whether it be 89 to life you know, even seven to life, you know, people got seven to life, been in there 30 years. Right. You know, when you're out there, you don't care. But when you, you now you got to deal with it, you care. Like, it's like you wake up and it, and it, and it's, it's, it's like the real world, you know? And then, um, so, you know, I, I left and, and I get over there and, um, my life was so fast. And once I, I crossed over, my life started going slow. And I said Mexico, right? Yeah, it just went slow. Like I know on my end, 
I didn't see people get charged with murders. They never did nothing. They never were around. Right, right, had nothing right. to do with. Right. And went and got life sentence for murders that they didn't do, you know. And and I'm sure, like, you know, that's one of the thoughts that probably went through your head, huh? Like, yeah, I'm in a lose-lose situation. Yeah, and then, you know, it's on the TV. It just made it look like, oh, man, this shit looks bad, you know. And um, I remember I had a... They have your face on the TV? Yeah, yeah. I had a VHS copy of that shit. <laughs> and I'd watch that shit like like three or four hours at a time over. I rewind it and try to like break up every little word that was said to try to like... I, that was, I always was working on my case by doing that. You know, like, okay, this news reporter guy's saying this, this, and this. Fucking line. And, shit, and bullshit. What is, what, what is the actual... Like when you're in that situation, are you are you hiding? I mean, you're not at home, right? I mean, like before you go to Mexico, you're seeing that on the TV. No, Where no, are you no. I, I seen it when I was in Mexico. You seen when you were in Mexico? Yeah, I Got see. It. When I took off, I just took off. Once I get to Mexico, I get that someone sends that to me, and I have it. And it's just I remember the day that it came out in the news. I, I was in this in this house. Um, that was the, that was like the hiding spot or whatever. That's where we we're at. And then I had put a phone in this house. But I, I, I was upstairs, so the phone was ringing all night. Like, well, it was nighttime. It was ringing and ringing. I'm like, no one has this phone. Well, like, like two or three people had the number. Like, who the fuck is calling? And, you know, this is Mexico. This is like scary fucking haunted house vibes and shit. Like, <laughs> I ain't going down there type <laughs> shit. So then, um, you know, like, this shit's dark. And, you know, you hear fucking roosters and pigs making noises. Yeah. So over there, you know, it's like, oh, it's like. Folk stories and shit, you know, the <laughs> devil, you might, that might pop out on you or whatever, you know? And um, so finally I go down, and then I, I'm like, what's up? Man, fool, you just came out on the news. And and what they say, ah, oh, fool, it's all bad. The person on the other side is fucking scaring me and shit, like, man, this, this, and that. They said this, this, and that. They had your picture. They had the homie's picture. And they're saying, like, um, so that next day, I remember um, it, it was crazy because in that town, my uncle was like running for office, right? In that town in, in Mexico. The, in that town in <laughs> That's Mexico. That's why you went there? I just went there because where else am I going to go? Right. You know, and, and um, so I like, and they won. They won, right? So it's a big celebration. There's parades and all this shit. And, and the news hit me and it was hot. It was a sunny day. And, and like my, where my, my house was at, it was like down the street from downtown. So I'm walking up towards downtown, dizzy as fuck. I'm just like, I'm out of it. It's in my head. And I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling like this shit's closing in on me. But this is like in year one or less than year one. I'm like nauseous. I go in the little store, buy a little bucket of beer, these little tiny beers like this. And I like pound like six of them, <laughs> like just to feel a little bit calm. And I'm just like in the cut and I'm like paranoid. I've been paranoid. I, w I was paranoid. What, what, what specifically are you paranoid about? The the government coming after me. Like like I'm thinking. So there's not like you're not safe down there. Nah, cause they got me down there. In the end, they got me down there. And um, so, you know, I ended up making my way to my uncle's house. The celebration. Everybody's happy. And then um, I tell I'm right. Told my uncle. I'm like, man, I came out in the news yesterday. And he's like, ah, who gives a fuck? Forget about that shit. Here's another beer. Eat. And I'm eating and everything. And I was dying to call the U.S. that night because it was just like, 
I wanted to hear somebody else's opinion. So I did. I waited till like I went to a uh, a payphone over there. You would buy these like little um like a little card, like a little credit card, and you, you could put like you know fifty pesos, hundred pesos on it, like five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. And then I went to this payphone and I called this person, right? And they're like, they like, yeah, like, yeah, shit's bad. And I'm like, oh man. And by this time I'm like kind of like drunk. And I'm just like sad. I'm just like, oh man. But you know, like, it, it, it would come in waves. I would snap out of it. I'll get involved in some other shit, you know. But then like things would remind me of it like all the time, you know. And man, you're a fugitive. You're now, did like, the people in Mexico that you were dealing with, your family or whoever, did, did they know that you were a fugitive? They started knowing, you know, because they basically in, 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 in Mexico it's like this. When they see a, a, like a Mexican-American over there or, or just like me, either he's deported or he's a fugitive if he's there longer than a month. After a month, they're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this dude still doing here? Like, you know, people from the U.S. only go for a little bit and visit the family. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, my family every year would travel like 10, 15 cars with caravan all the way to, to Jalisco, the state where my family's from. And um, at a certain time of the year, they have these like festival right there. And my whole family would go to this festival every year. But when that fest, it's a wrap, everybody, you everybody see all these bounces. cars back, back to the yeah. U.S. So I'm still there and I'm walking. You know, you come from the U.S., you got to be driving some, a truck, some shit. Yeah. I'm over here walking around. And I'm, I'm starting to stand out. People are starting to notice me, you know. And um, my boy that, I, that, that we both went down there, we split up. We're like, man, we got to split up because together we're, we're more he obvious. he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. He, uh -huh. was, he was my co-defendant. So then, um, you know, we split up. And then, you know what I'm telling you, my, my life got slow which was cool in a way, like, like soul searching happened. I didn't like it, but then I started liking it, you know, like, my, you know, you start finding things about the family, like, history, like, you know, things that you don't care about. I didn't care about none of that in L.A., you know? Not, not, it's not important. I just like going to Mexico when I was a kid because mm -hmm. we're like fireworks, smoke weed. I was over here fucking eating McDonald's every day in the U.S. and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Anything off of Figueroa, right there by USC, mm. they'll taco, taco bell. It's garbage. Garbage yeah. and shit. And then I go over there and I start eating like home cut, home soon, like vegetables and like, you know, beef and chicken. And I start eating right. And I don't know, shit just starts changing for me, you know? And um, I, I was already training martial arts before I went with Dave and all of them before I left. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was already with, training with With Mosquito, with Richard? Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think I had made a blue belt with him before I went. Damn. And it's crazy when I went on the run, all I took was a gi. Wow. A gi and a cup, you know, some clothes. But I took that gi. And then right there where I was at, they had a Kempo school. So I pull up one day and I'm like, hey, what's up? Do I get two free classes? Like, <laughs> you know, karate schools give you two free classes and then you got to start paying. They're like, yeah, come through, but you got to spar all yeah. the dudes. Let's go. I'm like, all right, cool. So then, um, you know, I just start training with them. And that's what I'm saying. Like, my life was kind of slow. I started liking it. Like, yeah. And then um, I get a call from my boy one day, and he's all, pack up. We're, we're, there's work. There's shit to do now. I'm, uh, I'm coming through like in four or five hours. This is your co-defendant. Yep. And then he picks me up. We, we go to this, we go to this uh, Ciudad Guzman, which is also in Jalisco. This is the mission. 
And I was like, oh, man. So now you got that work that you heard yeah, about. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, like that. See, in the beginning, like where my family's from, it, it, it's, it, it never was like, well, I didn't see it like, like cartel. That whole cartel thing wasn't there, but it was coming in. And then um, little by little, I started seeing like, oh, shit, this shit's like something on another level out here, you know? Can you explain to me things that you saw that made you see that it was on another level or that it was coming? I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Um, I, was, I was over there one time, right? See, my uncle had this um, where you shoot pool. And then he had all these businesses in this town. He had a store, video games. So I would always be over there. And then, like, on one of the days, they would, um, they would uh, shut, like, one, they would just make one street a fucking swap meet in the middle of the street. Long-ass street is a fucking outdoor swap meet. So I go over there, you know, buy zigzags, buy some bootleg movies, you know, look at people because I'll be inside, you know. Like, most of the time I was in unless I had to go somewhere. And then um, just to breathe, you know, be around people. And then so this dude, there was this little like, little like it's like Europe where they have those little circle things you go around as you're driving. Mm -hmm. So it's little, it, they have those everywhere in Mexico. So right in front of my, my uncle's house and his stores and his pool, my two cousins were sitting there. And this dude, bald-headed dude, like, you know, gang member, passed by in a beach cruiser, mad dogging them, scaring them. So, you know, I, I call out to him, you know, and I'm still on like kind of L.A. mentality. I'm like, I throw the H at him. When he passed by, he turns around, looks at me. I'm like, heartbeats. He goes. So that was it. A week later, I'm like, man, I'm going to go back over there. Like my, that mentality, man, I'm bang on this fool. Let me find him. Let me run into him. So it took about two weeks. I ran into this fool. My cousins are sitting on that bench again. This fool's like grilling him, scaring him, you know. And I, I told him, hey, where the fuck you from? And, he, and then he goes, I'm from this place. And I'm like, are you that? He goes, no. Then what are you? And then, you know, he gave me some stupid response. I go, well, this West Side Harpies, you know, whatever. Even though you're in Mexico. Yeah, I'm in Mexico. <laughs> he leaves. And then I'm chilling right there with my two cousins. I'm like, man, you fools are scary, man. You fools should, too. You fools could jump this fool. Fuck that fool. And um, while I'm there, all of a sudden, I, like, it's like a little hill that leads to a little thing. I see dudes like coming, running, like zigzagging in between cars. I'm like, what the fuck? This dude's coming up with like sticks, old Damn. ugly ass shotgun, um, <laughs> like all these, like some warriors type shit, like the movie Warriors, like a dude with a chain, <laughs> some shit with, you know, like a stick with nails in it, like all kinds of like makeshift weapons, right? Like tiger on a leash and shit. Yeah, and, and, and they come and they surround me, right? And then like the like the main dude, right? He, he like he got a big gun and 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 then like the dude that was on the bike, he's trying to see he wanna want sucker punch me. So he's like to my left, but the dude over here with the gun, with the handgun, so I'm like, okay, this is the dude. So I'm like, hey, look, I don't have a problem with none of y'all. I have a problem with him. And I called them out. Can I just get down with him right now and fix it? Cause I don't have a I kept on telling him like over and over, like I don't got a problem with with any of y'all, you know, so so they were like, oh shit, this fool's like, he's being sincere. Yeah, you're showing heart. And and, and plus, I was like, you know, it, it was a dangerous situation, you know. And then um, my cousins, his grandfather comes out with like a 357, and he, they, my family calls me Pelon. So he's like, Pelon, get inside. And he kicks everybody out. He kicks everybody out, right? 
So then, whatever, more shit happened. But l later down the, li the line, I, now I start moving around. I'm in different states. Now I'm like in Baja, like in TJ. I'm moving around. And I kept training, right? So one day they call me and they're like, okay, it's time for you to come down and do your black belt test. It's weird how this shit happened. So I'm like, I call my cousins the same too. And I'm like, hey, tell my uncle, because he, he had these big Honda motorcycles, these quads. Tell him if I could get one so I could move around in it and then go to the spot and buy me a bag of weed. I'm going to give you the money when I get over there. And then, and then pick me up this day from the airport. So they pick me up from the airport. Where's my weed at? Oh, I don't got it. So... We go to the spot where they sell the weed, and the dude that was in there, when I left before, he was straight. When I come back, which is like seven, eight months, nine months later, he's fucking tweaked out on meth. I'm in, I'm in the little trap spot. He's in there smoking, and this is like before. I don't, I don't think they even have pookies in, in Mexico. They're smoking out of a fucking light bulb, you know? And I come in there, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a jokester. I like clowning and all that shit. And he's like, why you down here? And I'm like, I came to do a hit. I'm just fucking with him. And this fool's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going I'm to get on. He's like, oh, shit. So that was, that was it. I forgot about this dude. Went up, I was there about a week. You know, I did my little my black belt test, got my shit, happy. That's why I'm going to call Richard. I called Richard. I drank these two. They're like 40 ounces. They're called kawamas. I went and, when I got that test, I went and bought two. I just pounded them, and I called Richard. And I'm like, hey, bro, I just got my fucking black belt. What? So then I leave. I fly out, right? So then a month later or two months, maybe two months later, you know, I don't know. That same dude, that bald-headed dude that was punking my cousins, he, um, he, uh, they found him on the side of the river. They emptied, they hit him with two AKs, emptied both AKs on him, and, and shot him in the face, like a whole clip in his face, too, with a handgun. And I was, and my cousins tell me that, right? And they're like, hey, you know that one dude? It's a rap. They found him by the river. He, you know, he's full of hoes. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Fuck him. You know, fucking negative ass vibes anyways. You know, that dude was starting trouble. And he goes, yeah, but the bad thing they're saying, you did it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, I, I've been gone like two months. <laughs> like, there's no way I could have been. I'm, I'm over here in the border, you know, like. Got nothing to do with that shit. He goes, yeah, man, but remember that tweaked out fool? Oh, because you said mind, you were doing a hit. Yeah, so he's like, you know that tweaked out fool? Like, you know how their mind works. They gluing shit together wow. and masterminding shit in their own, like, they're like, it's like they're psychotic, you know? But what I'm saying is that, like, that dude, Mexico was different. You can't be hard in Mexico. You, you out there walking around fucking giving people dirty looks, you're not going to get nowhere. I don't care if you just, like, you just did 30 years in a prison in the U.S. If you intimidate somebody in Mexico, um, mysteriously some shit will happen to you. I started seeing more things like this. That's when I, I knew, like, yeah, it's a different ball game over here. You and know? how did that make you feel that it was a different ball game? Nah, well, I had to, like, I had to, um, I had to catch up to it and be, like, not that, you know... I just have to be on the same page with it. They put you in another criminal situation. You already got your bachelor's. Right. You know, you already, you got your associate, you got your bachelor's, and you probably did some internship along the way, you know, so. Just you know, adjust to new rules. Yeah, you, there, just, you just adjust. Ball, that's, yeah. that's basically what happened. I just had, like, not only me, because there's a lot of people that were 
just like me over there and they had to adjust whether they were deported or fugitives like they had to like mine somebody i mean it's just like mysterious shit be happening over there right. like that's what i'm saying like just a dirty look could be enough you know i don't know but it's, it's just it's like la you know you get used yeah. to it so there did you, you get, get used to it i got used to it how did you or did you get get to start kind of being involved with those I mean, guys I, I just started maneuvering like because he my, my boy's family is involved in that my family they're field workers they they worked on sugarcane um agave which is what you make tequila from um corn like in that area that's what they do and that's what my family does and even in the u.s like they came here and that's what they did they, they worked in the fields and or all my family works over here all my family works construction if you're a man you're in the carpenters union <laughs> <laughs> on my boys his his family they're all involved in that so I mean, Mexico is different because, like your neighbor, this fool's a hitman. This neighbor, he's a politician, and 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 they'll they, like have dinner with each other. Yeah, all and the that, kids everything yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah. Everything's normal. Even where I lived at, I lived in a, in Baja on my street where I lived at. Everybody was like, there was a judge on my street, and he was cool. He was cool with me, you know, real cool. I mean, can can you talk about what you were doing with them? I mean, honestly, like like. Like my involvement, see, cause I'm not, I'm not like bloodline from them, and I'm not, I wasn't family, so me basically, I was just like a. Go do this, go Contract. get that, go get, go get this stuff, and do this and do that, pick up this, give this to this person and stuff like that, or you know, I was a point man, or I was this, or I was that, and then in other situations, yeah, you you do get your hands dirty, because they want you to get your hands dirty, or or. Or, you know, you're not, they won't trust you, you know? And what's the biggest, like, you know, in, in the media or whatever it is, like, like for, for Americans that have no idea what that's really like, what the, the, the culture, the cartel culture is, or, 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 or the draw of, like, work, like, the humanity in it or the lack of it. Like, what would you say is the biggest misconception? I mean, it, it, the thing is that over there, I don't know. See, I, I, I want to say that there's less opportunities, that's why people get in this. But I've seen like, I've seen people that are like, well off, like crazy, like their their parents are like, like businessmen and everything. They're all involved in the shit too, you know? It, it's just like here, it's, it, it's the same as here. It's like, like no one's pushing them into it. They just, I don't know, they gravitate, not everybody, but you know, they gravitate towards it. And, and, and next thing you know, that's what they identify as, you know? And can you try to, Explain to me what the draw is. Uh, I, I mean, I know it I might mean, sound draw, stupid, but the, I mean, the what's draw, the, yeah, for somebody whose parents are who has every well, opportunity. Like, I must, um, like for me, I just was trying to like eat and have some money, and, and and then that first plan that was the plan, that plan faded away. That 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 plan didn't matter no more. Now it was just like, man, we it's survival mode now. You know that because how does one lead into the other? Okay, look, when I first got there in the early 2000s, you could, I, I talked, even, I talked about this with Eka Leron, he, um, you could get 15K, 10K to drop somebody, you know? Right now, you're on salary, like $500 a week, and you might take out, like, five people, kidnap a family, two ATM machines, you, you, your job is complicated, yeah. And go at it with the cops, you know, go at it with your, like... Because there's so many people willing to do the work now? Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, like, cheap labor, and they, they hire smokers to to do shit, so it's, like, like, I've seen it happening, you know? 
But so we just, at that point, we were just like, man, we need to stay out of that and, and just try to get money and and just stay free, you know, as but, long as we can, you know? And, and besides that, that thing that you said happened to you, where those guys saw, when those guys surrounded you and you were like, let me just fight him. Oh, right no, now. that's, that's, that's no, like, I know that was just a little, yeah. I understand that, <laughs> but I'm saying, what, what, what I'm saying is, how, how do you become a dude that is trusted by these guys to say, hey, this is the kind of guy that could get five to 10,000 to actually, you know, do this big, big job for us? Like, how do you earn their trust? I mean, I don't think you ever do. Because even then, even them, they're um, disposable too. They're they're right. they're all the people that I knew over there. I'll say like eighty five percent are gone already. They're either they're MIA, they're dead. They're they're over. They got indicted. They're over here in the U.S. doing life. Like like their shit's not even guaranteed. <laughs> Nothing's guaranteed over there. You know, like the cops are corrupt, and then they got good cops, and then they got cops that don't know they're corrupt. They're doing their job, but they're but working for someone. They work, but yeah. they don't know because right. their boss works for somebody. So their boss is going go hit that house, but they're really hitting their enemy's house. Somebody else's, you know. So, how many years were you there? I was there fifteen years. Wow. So you know, in those 15, on the run, that, right? Yeah, that's a, what's that? You was on the run doing yeah, that whole fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years, and you know the the whole time I was I was I dropped eighty albums. I was recording music crazy when I was over there. You got the pressure of being on the run and being yeah. wanted for murder. Yeah. And then is there also this also this pressure of your enemies or the things that you've done coming back to, to haunt you over there? Yeah, no, there is. And at the same time, it's like you're living your life. Like, like shit that happens in your in regular... You got to deal with all the life things too, like regular life shit. Like life things were happening over there, like regular life things, you know? It's not all like fucking narco season two and, right, 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 right. and fucking <laughs> you know it's not all that there's it's it's life and 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 love and sadness and all these like things that mess with your heart and life's changing and you're changing too you know my boy he had came out the feds i met him over there and um He's like, hey, we have a group where it's all, all nothing but homies, but they learned all the ceremonies in the feds directly from the Lakotas, from the Sioux, and we run our own sweat lodge over here. And, uh, and, and you know, we're, we're inviting you. We, it's private. No one's not allowed to come, but we're inviting you, you know, because he, he knew that I was all fucked up. This shit's fuck, fucking, I had a lot of problems. So they invite me to the sweat lodge, right? And when I get there, they tell me, you know what, we're going to run this sweat we're gonna run this sweat for your sister. Yeah. And um, we, you know, I, I hadn't sweated in a lot of years because I had sweated with the with the Lakotas long my boy wrote a book and he was real close with the Lakotas. So he took me to a sweat with them a long time ago. So I go to this sweat and um man, this shit was hot as fuck. Like satanic level, like tell me about that. How walking so, through that. So we go to the sweat, you know, round one kicks in, boom, and shit gets hot as fuck. Where are you? Like where, where I'm in Baja. I'm like right on the beach. This area's called Baja Malibu. Walk us through like people who don't know what a sweat lodge is. Like sweat lodge is like this it's like a ceremony. It's like this um they're calling nipis in Spanish they and you know Latin America they call it temascal where it's basically like 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 they put these hot rocks, they heat these rocks, and they put them in the middle, and then they pour the water on it, and then it's like a ceremony. Inside and tents. It, it, it's it's sort of like a tent, but it's like round. It's almost like an igloo, but it's like they make it out of willow because you could bend willow, and then they cover it all with blankets, and then in there, you know, they're drumming and they're singing these songs, 
And then, you know, you like invoking the ancestors and basically it represents going back into the womb. So you go back into the mm. womb, Mother Earth, and then you sweat and then, and then, you know, a lot of things happen in there. Like, you know, it's psychological too because you start hearing voices in your head. Like me, that's my experience. I don't know if everybody, like me, I'm in there and all my problems, like all my demons come out in round one. It was hot as fuck. How long is round one? Maybe about 20, 25 minutes. It's hot as fuck. So the whole sweat's about like two hours. You know, because in between they take a break. They open up the wind, the, the door and they, while they're bringing in the next set of rocks. So every round is getting hotter and hotter, you know? And like by round three, I'm out. I'm almost laid out on the floor yeah. like I've been shot or something, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like you're, to me, it's like a test because some people tap out, you know? But you're not allowed to tap out with the homies, cause that's like almost like a sign of disrespect, you know. Like, nah, we're in here, cause basically you go in, like the way they, they the way I, I learned it from them, they're in there to suffer for, to suffer and and and, you know. So you're in there suffering, you know. You're in there like, for the ones that were here, the ones that are here now, and the ones that are yet to come, and and you know, your ancestors and all this stuff. You're hearing all these things. But all your problems pop out right there for me. Mm -hmm. And they're in, I feel like they were in the sweat lodge with me, you know? Mm. And then, um, like I said, they ran that sweat for my sister. So every, like, man, we're, gonna, we're here to sacrifice. And, and, and they kept on bringing on my sister. And, 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 you know, it was beautiful. It was hard. It was, man, I, I, that's one of the hottest sweats I've ever been in, you know? Like, I can name three. And that was one of the ones. It was hot as fuck. And... And it took everything out of me, everything, everything, like basically almost dragged me out of there after it was done. And then it was right next to the ocean, so we just go jump into the ocean. Yeah. And um, and it's crazy because nine months later, my sister had her son, Matias, <laughs> and we always call him the Sweat Lodge baby. Wow. <laughs> yeah, nine months later, exactly. You know, so, and, and, and it was things like that, like spirituality started coming into the picture, you know? And, and I already had been initiated into the Afro-Cuban religions, one by way of Nigeria, the other one by way of the Congo, Angola, whatever. And, and they were giving me hope. I was new, so I was like, well, what does it say? What's, what the God's talking about? Am I straight? Oh, yeah, if you do this, if you do that. And, and you know, but it's full of, like, um, charlatans, too, you know? Mm. So, but me, I'm a reader. I, I like to read and study, you know? So I started, like, you know, studying and find out that it's real practical. Just because it's it's like it's your Ruben or it's spoken in Nigerian, you th you're hearing all this shit. You're like, what the fuck are they saying? You know, it sounds like like how somebody would say you're talking Chinese or what. But you know, you're in this African language. But when you really break it down and, and you translate it, it's just you're just venerating like 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 the world, like everything in it, the water, the the air, the you know fire. Like you just you know you just um giving. Thanks to the gods for all these mm. all these things that we 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 don't even give a fuck take about them, you know. Yeah. We we take them for granted and shit. And and then so you know I started sweating. I start I, I ended up sweating like for like seven six years seven years I don't know like once a month I would wow. sweat I would just sweat it I, I I got like addicted to it like. You still do it? Yeah, I mean I don't do it as much as 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 I used to and as I can because now it's in Baja so it's yeah, yeah. it's a mission for me but they're still running them the same everything's still everything's still running you know but I think that was like a change and then 
all these dudes that I'm around, they're all spiritual, but all these dudes are ex-killers, ex-dope dealers, all of them. All of them had all of them had came from the feds. 125, 130, 115, 110. All of them had double digit numbers like behind behind them, you know. So and I like that, you know, even the Afro-Cuban religions, like I, I told you, like it'd be like hitmans, prostitutes, fucking you know, government officials in the religion, I'd be like, man, I like this. Cause there's nobody tripping on nobody. I could be next to this guy. He don't care. And now I'm homies with a fucking governor's assistant. And now I'm, my boy's a cop right here. And now this shit, I'm using all this shit to my advantage now. Like it's keeping me up on game. Cause I'm still a fugitive. Mm. I'm still got all these issues still going on. But now it's like, now they're my people. And now they're like, they're like giving me insight and, and hey, well, look, it's about to get hot right now. There's this and that. Or, or, or I just listen without asking and I hear things, you know, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's time for me to, you know, go underground again for a little bit or, or whatever, you know. In your life, I see you did a lot of soul searching, yeah. trying to find direction. Have it ever been that moment in that 15 years where you thought it was over with? Yeah, it, it's coming up. But I still have problems, so I still have to keep that. I have to keep that in the cut, just in case I needed Plan B. Plan B, I always had to be in here somewhere in case I needed to reach for Plan B. So, so Plan B being, I'm gonna take the fight to them. Yeah, yeah. If if I have no choice, because sometimes they you get cornered in over there. If you don't do Plan A, you're most likely gonna get cornered in with Plan B. So. And sometimes you do plan A and they know where you're going. So plan B chases you to wherever you, your destination. I didn't say it, but a lot of people are dying through this whole time, you know? They're dying. They're going MIA. A lot of, a lot of things are happening, you know? And, and still the government's still there. I'm still hearing rumors from over here from the U.S. I'm talking to people and they're like, man, they, they, you know, they hit the homie's house and they were asking about you. You know, this happened. This happened and your name keeps like so I'm that all that shit has me worried. So two months in, my my daughter's mom's like, I can't deal with this shit. Here's your daughter, I'm out. So now I'm, I have a baby, a baby girl, and now I'm on I'm like, now it's like I have the thing in the diaper bag with my daughter. I'm on the stroller with the shit right there. Like I'm and and that's when I go out, because I'm I'm not really trying to go out, you know, only when I have to and with a pistol around. in the baby bag, right? Yeah, the thing in the baby yeah. bag, the diaper bag. Yeah. So, and you know, and and sometimes I'll have the thing on my daughter's back in the baby chair. I'll put her in the chair and put it, because over there in Mexico, it's like, you might make a right turn, there's a fucking military checkpoint right there. They have like makeshift checkpoints everywhere, you know, so you never know. So, I would wing it, man. Like, I'll go like on gut instinct. Do I keep it on me right next to me? Or should I get through this part? If I if I can make it across this part, then I'll pull it out and I'll have it with me. So I'll 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 like try to be strategic. I'm sorry for like that. But do, do you know at this point specifically who it is that's coming for you? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, who yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, and then it's crazy because I had this this dude that I thought he was my friend. You know, he. I mean, I didn't grow up with him. You know, but I met him over there. Whatever. It was cool. And then um, there's a different situation. And um, I already had my daughter, and she was about like, I don't know, maybe two, going on three. You know, we're, we're, I have my own, my own house. I live in a gated community, like gated street, 
one time this dude, see over there, everybody's shysty and it's almost like here. It, 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 I mean, it is like here. Humans are humans no matter where they're at, you know? But he planted a seed in, in, in another friend of mine's head that I should be got, that I should be killed. So I knew a, I knew a guy that was a squad leader. He was a killer. He had a whole team. He was like a SWAT team dude. I mean, he wasn't a real SWAT team, but he had a SWAT team. He was trained like a SWAT team. He had a whole crew. And then they sent one of his guys to my house one day. And this guy, he, he was below me. Like, he'd do errands for me, you know? And he came and he was asking, and right when he asked like the second question, first question, second question, I was like, oh shit, what the fuck's going on right here? You knew it. I knew it. I, would, I, knew, I, I knew I was on the list. Man, I was just like, I was just tripping. I, it was just going through my head. It got resolved like four or five days later, you know? It, 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 they killed it. It ended. But, but I was hurt. Like, ah, shit, I was like, man, that's fucked up. Fuck this fool. I ain't never fucking with this fool. Change my numbers and everything, right? Later, this dude, this individual pops up in my story again. And this time some shit happened to him. But he has, he has no way to get... Like, he has no way to get his run back. No way. So he's like, I'll go to Rabbit. Fuck Rabbit. And it was strange because I went to church that day. Because, you know what? Like, I was just, I was like a pagan. I believed in everything. Like, I was, I was all involved in African religions. I was sweating. I was doing everything. And, and, you know, my mom, she's Christian, you know? So, like, in my head, I, I could hear my mom's voice telling me, man, you better take that little girl to church. She need, you guys need God. And, um, you know, I could, that's how my mom is. See, I was bringing up church for everything. Man, you need to pray more. You need to go to church. Man, God don't like this. So I would just take my daughter to church, right? And it was this, it was this big-ass church. It used to be like a boxing arena. So the, the seats went down like this. Mm -hmm. And it was like modern as fuck. It was even on, online. So I would never sit with the people. I was, you catch, if, if I ever pop out on some of this footage, I, I'm, I probably am. <laughs> because they would sometimes like swing the camera like this. And I'll do some shit like this. Like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> I'll do this shit. I'll be in the corner by myself. Like, there'll be probably like 200 seats between me and all the people. And the people that, the, the church dudes would always be like, man, you need to sit over there with the people. I'm like, nah, I'm not. You need to. Or we're going to ask you to leave. I'm like, fuck it, I'll leave. And then they'll be like, no, 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 just stay. And then I would go to this church, right? Sometimes I wouldn't pay attention. I, I'd just be in there texting, doing all my business, like trying to get money and do whatever inside the church. And it was good for me because I could hide in there. I was hiding in plain sight. And I had some friends there at the church. And I remember they did this like Christian baptism. It's different than a Catholic baptism. They, in Christians, they like present the child of God or something. And they, they were like, they was, it was happening one day, you know, but I couldn't do it because the shit's online. This is a modern-ass church. This shit looked like a show. Like, I could do a rap show here. Like, big-ass screen, lights, <laughs> all kinds of shit, you know? And, but I, I couldn't do it. So I told my friend, like, hey, can you and your wife do my daughter? Like, go and, and present her to God. Like, I need that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got you. So even that was part of my, my soul-searching because sometimes I'll go to church and I feel like God was, like, talking directly to me. Like, mm. they'll say some shit and I'll be like, what the fuck? Mm. Man, this fool knows what I'm going through. Like, he'll like say shit like, "Yeah, I know it seems fucked up right now, but you know you're gonna make it out of here." And then he'll like, I like shit out of Psalms because like it just gives me like fortitude. Like what I was telling you about the Quran, I would read the Quran. I just be feel strong when I read the Quran, cause I would read it like, 
huh, 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 huh. That's how I would read the Quran. Me, I don't know. You know, and 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 it just I was I was just reading. I became an avid reader. It was almost like I was in prison because my house was my cell. I wouldn't really come out. I had the gym all in my house. Had a PlayStation room in there, recording studio. I came out when I had to, and I just was exercising and reading, exercising, reading, exercising, reading, making and, music and making music. So this one day I go to church, right? It's on a Sunday. We had this little routine, church, and then we go to this like fucking fake pollo loco, right? It was bomb. Go get it. We eat. Fucking my daughter take a nap. She go to her room. I go to mine. We take naps. And then we'd come out after, like, I'd have to go out there and play with her, you know, on her little bicycle, whatever, right? So I'm like, man, I'm going to wash my car. I had this SUV. So I'm fucking washing it. I have the thing, in the, the, the thing open in the back, right? And then it's a gated street. So Sunday, my street was dead. Nobody would go out. No cars would come in. Like, you know, fools were hungover. I don't know, out of town, whatever. And, um... Boom, two SUVs, one SUV pulls, two of them, but one pulls up directly in front of the gate, and they're just looking at me, and I'm like, man, so I keep washing the car, and every time I look, like, I try to, like, do some shit like that, like, out the corner of my eye, fucking looking at me, like, grilling me, giving me dirty looks, like, say something. Where's your daughter at? Right there, playing, right in front of me, like, she's just a little girl, she's playing. So, they're just looking at me, and I'm like, man the fuck and I'm acting dumb I'm watching the car so I get my daughter I put her inside I go to my kitchen I jump up on the counter I go over the cabinets and I get the thing and I bring it out and I put it in the back under the towels and I keep watching the car and they're just fucking looking at me and I was like like maybe five or ten minutes I don't know how many minutes have passed but it seems long because they're just looking at me and it's obvious there's no one on the street and then what they're waiting for is someone to come in so the gate could open so they could drive through or, or you know, vice versa, leave or come in. So I know this. I'm like, man, these fools are waiting to come in. But I'm thinking like, man, I'm tripping. Maybe it's not for me because I've been paranoid by this time fucking over a decade. Everything means something to me. Everything everything adds up to something else. And, and, and I already been a decade. By this time, you already... You know, you got callous. You know things and shit. You know how things work and how things operate. It's about to go down. Like, fuck. So you start thinking and, and so they just leave. I'm tripping. It wasn't for me. Maybe they're at the wrong street and they just called them. Oh, you're on the wrong street. Come come down two more streets. But they never come back up. So now another car comes. It looks at me and it does a U-turn. And now it's on my side of the gate. So the dude gets out. And uh, he's calling me. He's like, hey, to come out there. I don't really recognize him. I get close, and it's the dude that tried to have me killed the first time from before. So I look at him, and um, I'm like, nah, it's hot out there. With the, with, they call them the pepos. The pepos are the state police. Those are the ones that catch fugitives. They have some, like an iPad where you put your hand on it, and it'll, it'll like on some Interpol shit or something. I, I I never really seen it, but I just heard it from other people that were telling me they got that they got that iPad where you put your hand on it, and they had some shit where they like, even if you erase everything out of your phone, they'll plug this shit back in and bring everything right back wow. up. They had all this like technology, you know, and and these dudes were like Denzel Washington, it's like training day, like and and they roll in two trucks, so it's like eight of them. So imagine eight Denzel Washingtons, 
<laughs> jumping out on you and fucking interrogating you. They're all asking you the same question in a different way. Where you live at? And then they'll go to your house, rob your house. Damn. Depends, right? So I tell them, it's hot with the pepos. I buzz him in. He comes in. And uh, he starts trying to play with my daughter. And I'm, all, I'm like, man, something ain't right. Like, why is he here? Why is he at my house? Like, why the fuck is this fool here? He's trying to play with my daughter. He's like beating around the bush. And then he's telling my daughter, kick, kick, punch. Because, you know, my daughter used to watch me train. So kick, she'd do it when she was little. And I'm like, man, get the fuck away from my daughter. Like, in my head, like, this fool. I know him. He's shysty as fuck. So, th so then he starts, he asked me for one of my boys. Hey, what's up with your boy? Have you talked to him? I'm like, nah, I talked to him like in three or four months. Why, what's up? He's like, man, some shit happened. So basically, some stuff went missing that was like uh, half a meal ticket like, um, like, and some change. It went missing, right? And he's like, man, you know... You know, I'm not with these people no more. I'm with these people. He's with a different set of people now. You know, people on the border, they know, they're going to hear this, they're going to know who I'm talking about. So the people that was, they weren't, they didn't have that power no more. It was more this new crowd that came in. So he's like, I'm with them. And I, I'm, I'm telling them, like, that's cool, man. I'm on the sidelines. I don't, I'm not tripping on none of that, you know. I do my shit on, on my own. I don't. And then he's just going on and on, and, and then he goes and tells, the next thing he tells me, he's like, look, man, look, Rabbit, I'm going to tell you some shit. It's going to fuck you up, but I have no choice. And, I, and he goes, I told on your boy to the PFP, to the Mexican Federal Police. So when he tells me that, they're corrupt. That's nothing. My boy was in the U.S., so I'm like, who gives a fuck? Like, that's like telling on a fucking security guard. Like, telling some information to a fucking security guard. Like, what the fuck's he going to do? <laughs> Nothing. But then he goes, I told him your boy to the PFP, and I gave him up to the DEA. When he said that, oh, man. I just had, like, an outer body experience. Oh, and by now, I have the shit in my pocket. You know, I'm holding my daughter's hand. I have it in my pocket. And I'm just, like, watching his body language up and down. I'm just reading this fool, like, like. Second he goes. Because I'm, I'm hearing, like, voices. And my shit's talking to me. It's like, kill this fool. When he tells me that, I kill this fool. But it's like, how are you gonna kill him on the street, gated street, where I'm, neighbors are probably even looking out the window, you know? Because Mexican people are nosy like that. They, you know, looking out the blinds, <laughs> see what the fuck's going on out there, you know? Wanna know what's, there's probably an old lady all up in the shit, you know? But, but when he tells me this, it fucked me up. It like, like that shit took the air out of my chest. Cause I never heard nobody say that, you know? like. I'm a snitch, and I snitch on your boy, but I had to. Let me explain why. He's telling me this shit, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, man. And he goes, you, and then he tells me, you got to help me. You got to help me get the shit back, or they're going to kill me and my wife. And I'm like, man, there ain't, there ain't nothing I can help you with, you know? I don't got nothing to do with it. I don't want to be involved in it. I'm not involved in it. And he's just telling me all this shit. And then, you know, over there, everybody got like five, six phones, you know? So if I, if I were to talk to you, I had a phone just for you, one for Bo, one for Prime. That's it. And in case something, it's, it didn't mix with all the other lines, and I could just throw them shits away or break the chip. So this dude has all his phones, and all his phones are going off. So I'm like, man, I, I know this. But after that, you know, you know this fool's trash, you know? 
So then um, he's like his body language. He's like turns around. He turns around on me. And he's like, hold up, hold up. He's talking to the SUV in the dead end. They're, they came together. Back then, I, I just assumed and I had speculations. But now I know his people and I know the other side of the story. So I talked to his people. They're like, man, they came to get you. They want to kidnap you, kill you and your daughter, all that shit. And, um, and then he's like, so he's on the phone. He's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. And he's trying to like, he keeps turning, giving his back to me. And I'm like, man, should I, I just like. Like, I don't know what to do because my daughter, she's little. Like, yeah. She can't see that. And, 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 and I'm already on cruise control. I'm not, like I said, I have plan B. It's gonna, plan B is trying to pop up right now. You know, I'm, I'm on cruise control. I'm, not, I'm, I'm over here thinking about the gods and, and I'm reading books and, and fucking the seven hermetic laws and, and I'm all into fucking Sun Tzu and, and I'm all into, you know, Machiavelli and I'm reading all these books and, and you know the four agreements and i'm on some other shit you know i'm trying to be on some other shit like and like teaching all this shit to my daughter too sure. you know and like taking her to the sweats i mean she wouldn't go in there but she'd be with her with me and like you know other ceremonies and shit like that you know so finally whatever he left and i was fucking i was going crazy so i called my madrina this is like this is like a, a santeria priest right and I and I'm like, hey, I need to I need to see you. So I head up to Otay, which is right there in TJ by the airport. She's like, get over here right now. I go over there. She does a fucking reading on me. She's like, man, you got death on your head. Look, it says it right here. Iku is death. She's like, you got Iku on your head. But we could fix this shit. So don't trip. Go home. You're gonna be all right. I'm like, man, I ain't fucking. I'm over here. So that night was that was like one of the hardest nights for me because. I didn't sleep, obviously, and then my daughter, I, I'd say this on the podcast, I was, because I can't, like, you know, so my daughter, um, you know, she had her own room, but she would sleep on my bed, you know, she always knock out in my room, so she crawls into my bed that night, and, you know, I, like, cover her with a little baby blanket, and then I put a bulletproof vest on top of her. Mm. I'm wearing a bulletproof vest, I have the chopper, and I have another chopper, and I have some handguns, and I'm just, I'm like this. I'm that I'm that Mexican old lady now. I'm like this by the blinds, and I'm just because I could see the street from my from the from the from my room. And Prime's been to my pad. He he knows how it looks. So from the, my window, I could see all the way to the street. So I'm just in the window. I'm walking back and forth. I go down. I'm like my plan was like if they came, I was gonna put my daughter on my neighbor's roof, come back down real quick, and just go at it with these fools, you know, because I had cameras too. So I had cameras in all kinds of places. So I just was like. Had that, had the iPad, had all that shit, and I just was looking. And then, you know, like, I just felt weak. Not weak, but, like, I just felt like, um, like, we not might, we might not make it through the night, you know, and I just was feeling like, mm. I felt like taking, that's what I'm saying, felt like taking my daughter to the border, turning her in and turning myself in, because it was just too much. Like, I was just, like, losing, I was kind of losing my mind, because it, it, it felt real personal. Cause he, it was like, he knew me. I knew him. I knew it was most likely gonna happen next, and I was just waiting for it. So, so it's like you're waiting to be killed, and you know the the the, the clock is going slow, slow. So I'm just like, you know, I'm not like like fucking crying, but you know my tears are coming out. Every time I look at my daughter, my fucking tears are coming out, and then I get mad. I'm like, man, fuck this fool. Come, I want him to come. 
but then I see her turn over and she's a she's mm. a little girl, you know, and and she's like she's back then she was real girly and shit like princesses and shit like that and she liked them toys Monster High and all this you know from those days I don't know I just was like I don't know if I I probably pray to God I probably pray to my gods and I just was like I wanted it to happen almost like come let's get this shit over with and shit you know like what do I do so the whole night from about like 8 p.m. 9 p.m. to like fuck I didn't sleep until they came the next day, the madrina, and we ended up doing this crazy ceremony where where um, you, it's almost like you trade, you feed the ground, uh, like you do a, it's like a sacrifice. You mm -hmm. feed the ground blood instead right. of your blood, it gets fed, you know, the blood of an animal. And and then she was just like, you you'll be all right. She did another reading. Look, you cool. It's crazy because and then like three days later, the dude leaves a phone number on my door a paper a little kid told me yeah some guy um told me to put it right here and i'm and it had his initial of his first name of of his nickname so I, here i am again walking back and forth from my kitchen to the living room back and forth like should i call it should i use my phone nah cuz he i'm like if this fool's already with the DEA and the and the and the federal police my shit's going to be recorded and then I'm thinking he's going to just snitch on me so I could get busted, you know? I, I, I don't know. All these things were just like, I was a mess, you know, mm -hmm. in my mind. Like, mentally, I was a mess. But I had a grip on it because if not, I would have, you know, did something stupid. But I think I called him from the payphone. But I remember when I called him, he finally answers. And, he t and he's like, hey, this is your new number? And I'm like, yeah. But, but it, was, it was a payphone number. He's like, don't trip. We could talk. The line is clean. And I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, right. But all right, what's up? And he's like, look, man, I know what I told you fucked you up, but you need to help me because if not, me and my wife are going to end up dead. And that's why I was like, man, you know what? You take care of yourself, bro. I can't. And I just clicked on him and I just went back home. And then I heard he was he, he crossed back home into the U.S., you know, a little bit short time after. So my life got peaceful again. But this dude pops up again on me. Right before I get arrested in 2016. Yeah, I got arrested in 2016. I knew he was back in town because he had got in trouble with the feds again. See, I didn't know this, but now I didn't talk to his people, so I know I put all this shit together. I'm like, man. And even, even his people tell me, man, man, fool, you were, in, you were in crazy danger. Like, that fool was pressing. He was pressing the people to snatch you up badly. Like, he wanted, you know, half a mil is half a mil. Man, fools be dying for $500 over there. You know, half a mil is, is a lot. And um, why why did him having you get killed? He just get, wanted get like half he, he just wanted some fucking satisfaction, some some kind of payback. But what did that have to do with the money? Nothing, nothing. He, he by killing me. I mean, maybe you know what he was probably gonna probably try to do: kidnap me, torture me, have me call the U.S. and call my peoples, call the neighborhood or whatever thinking that they would send some of it back or send some, or all of it, get it all back. That's what I'm thinking, you know, but but in the end, the end result was going to be the end result, you know. The, I wasn't going to walk away from there, I doubt it, because he knows, oh, uh, Conejo's a fucking ninja. This fool will come back and get me, you know, like, I got to, I would have to get rid of him, you know. And if I do something to his daughter, this fool, it, it, what would you do if someone yeah. mess with your kids or your kids or, you know, you become a different person, you know, you, you don't, you can't. Yeah, man. But but in 2016, he was back over there, 
And um, one day I come home, but I, I didn't go into my street. I went to a street across the street because the- In the U.S. or- No, over there in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know. I was already under surveillance. They were already watching me. Hmm. I didn't know this. So I go across the street and there was this truck parked in front of my house. And the dude that was there, was a, he's a big, he was a big dude. He was like a boss. And this fool responsible for like over like 200 murders or 300 murders. He's parked in front of my house. So again, I'm like, man, I told the, the, the gardener, the security guard, gardener slash everything, handyman from the street across. I'm like, hey, how long has that truck been right there? He's like three hours, four hours. He's just sitting there texting. But I had different cars, so they had probably told him, this fool's in this. But I, I was in some, some soccer mom shit, you know. So he didn't, and then I went into the other street. So I'm, my friend had a three-story house. So I'm in the, on the third story just looking at the dude. He don't even know I'm watching him. I'm watching him, all that shit. And um, when I seen him, I knew that I was in danger again because that dude doesn't pop up. That dude be on the news. He's, he's da he was dangerous as fuck. Not because he'll do it, but he has, like, he has the, the manpower like, to, to make some shit happen. Shortly after that, I got, I got, they came and they got me and I ended up back over here in the U.S. They got me um, a few, I think like two days after Thanksgiving, November 2016. I was going to turn myself in January 2nd. But that was another thing because I hadn't told my daughter. By now, my daughter's like seven. That shit, we were going to get split up and we never been split up like that. Mm -hmm. So that shit was like fucking with me. I couldn't mm -hmm. even, I was just all fucked up. And it's crazy because two nights before I got arrested, that night, my daughter, see, by this time now, her mom was back in the picture, you know, so we're like, you know, she'll stay some days with her mom, some, like most of the time with me, some days with her mom. So I remember that night, my daughter came in, like two days before she came in, and she told me, I love you, daddy. She gave me a kiss and she went right back to her room. And then like five minutes later, she came back and she did, she did it like three or four times in a row. She kept coming back and giving me a kiss and saying goodnight. Love you, daddy, and go back to her room. And I was like, what the fuck? I love this little girl. She's fucking dope. Like, where's this coming from? Like, we're tight, but she was just being like, you know, a little girl, you know? And 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 that shit was fucking with me even more because I'm like, how am I going to tell that we're about to be split up? Mm. How can I do this? And see, look, a month before, this would happen. I was in the back, in my in back of my house, I had this spot where I would do all my like rituals and stuff like that, my spirit, spirit, I practice my spirituality. And I was back there, and my boy, the one that was in the feds, the one that invited me to sweat lunch for the first time, he was there with me, he would help me. So we're doing, and I'm, and I'm doing like divination, I do a reading, and that shit tells me, that's it, your time is up. It's time for you to go and face your issues. And I was like, ah, oh, hell no, nah. not yet. And I was like, what if I bring you, you know, I'm going to bring you a goat, two roosters, <laughs> and um, some, like, some animals, you know, because it's like animal sacrifice. And it was like, no, you're going to go get me that anyways. It told me, like, you're going to go get me those animals anyways. And, uh, but don't worry, I got you. I'm a, I'm, you you'll be out. And I was, but see, you, ne you never know because, you know, you, you, as much as a believer you are, you're skeptical, you know, like, or because just because of life, you know, you see, life is like it's tricky, you know, sometimes, and so you don't, you don't, you don't know what to expect. Two weeks after that, this Cuban dude's down from Mexico City. He's this big santero, Oba. He's a priest, 
And um, he does me the ceremony where I receive this 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 deity called Batala. And then I receive Batala. It's like a whole day ceremony. And he does a reading. And then this reading, is, everything's cool till he gets to the end. And he goes, oh, shit. Someone who you thought was your friend was never your friend. And he's already betrayed you. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I didn't really have friends. So I'm like, is it the gardener? Is it my boy? Is it the fucking swimming coach? Is it the, the like, like I just had like a handful of people I really fuck with, you know? So, so I'm just think like that shit was in my head and in my daughter. I was a mess. My boys ran a sweat for me. They knew there was this tattoo shop where they would hang out at. And I would go over there sometimes low key. And they're like, man, we're going to run a sweat for you. So you could get your mind clear. But that was one of the hardest sweats I ever went to, too, because I just had so much shit. Like, um, see, this 15 years. I got a lot of weight on my back. I haven't slept in 15 years. Wow. Like, good night's sleep. I hadn't, yeah. I didn't sleep till I hit the fucking county, until I hit Wayside. You know, you go to the county mm -hmm. process, it takes like two or three days. Then you end up in Wayside. That's when I slept three days in a row. I didn't sleep in like 15. Yeah, I'm not going to say I didn't sleep, but I slept like one night. You know, I was want to hear so I was just like resting but not like unless I was fucking drunk or some shit or and I got fucked up and I knocked out but how did how did they come for you like how when when, when you're getting real okay, like how so, did that so my boy Chris he's a santero too he's a he's a priest he's on a bar in the African religions he's like hey there's these African dudes down here and um want to come to your pad and have a jam session and do like a ritual but like with the drums you know and me, the, I love the drums. Like, the drums, they, like, put me in a trance. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start cleaning up my pad and everything, right? And But for, like, a month, I started seeing cars because I had cameras across the street all over the place. And, and at this point, there's, you're not really putting in any work for the cartel anymore, right? I mean, nah, I'm not, I'm not. See, look, I was never, like, direct with the cartel. I, I was just always direct with dudes that got money, independent dudes. However you could But I knew a lot of cartel dudes from different cartels. I, I knew you just, you just get to know them, you know, or, or, cause all oh, they even dudes flip a lot. Like he might be from this one for three years and then, oh, these ones are going down and then these guys made you a deal. Now you're over there. So I might've known you being from three cartels and shit, right. you know, so I'm on cruise control. I, I just, I have plan B in the cut. That's all. I just want to like protect my daughter, like anybody, like, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we just want to protect the ones we love and that's, that's right. it. And and try to make it, and I was going to turn myself in, I'm in love with my girl, all these things are in my head, like feelings and emotions, and, and I'm getting older now, so I don't think the same, now I'm like, so I'm cleaning, I got a big black trash bag, and it's a gated street, right, so the, the trash bin, you got to come out the gate, make a lift, and it's over there, and then you got to unlock it, and then you throw it in, and you lock it back up. So right before I was gonna go, I'm like, nah, let me check the cameras. So I get the, the like the iPad thing and I start checking all the cameras and there's a fucking car right there with two dudes sitting in it. And I'm like, and they don't know I have a camera right on top of them. So I could see straight down that they're texting and they're writing shit on a notepad. They're taking notes. I can't see what they're texting because it ain't like 4K like right now or 6K or whatever, but I could see what they're doing. So I'm waiting and waiting. I'm looking out the window. I'm just like, man, these motherfuckers won't leave. So like an hour passes by, I'm like, man, I'm tripping. I've been tripping for 15 years. It's probably nothing. I tell myself that. It's just my fucking the PTSD. So 
here I come with the trash bag. Right when I get to the gate, I buzz it open. And then I make that left, and I look out the corner of my eye, and they're fucking looking at me like crazy. You know, I'm, I got my glasses on, but I'm like, all right, these fools are straight looking at me. So I don't even put the, tra the trash in the, tr in the trash can. I just throw it by the side, and then I buzz it again so the gate starts closing. So that way I could get in in case of anything. But this shit, from right, as soon as I do that, from the click to me getting arrested is probably like 15 seconds, 10 seconds now. It's going already. It's about to happen. So as I come through the gate, I take about one, two, maybe two steps. I just see a big-ass Dodge Ram coming straight at me. Boom, it knocks the gate off the rail. So I jump out the way because it's a big-ass, and it's sort of like a little down slope. So the door's coming at me. The truck, that's just flying at Damn. me. So when I jump out the way, the two fools in the car, they're already running towards me. Fool tackles me, and I hear him say, cuff his feet, he's going to kick. Because... Like, I didn't, I didn't mention this, but before, I, there was like this, there's like a Mexican YMCA over there in TJ, right? And I had met this instructor. He was a Shito Rayu, Japanese karate do, and, and I had become his assistant instructor. I was, I, I did Japanese uh, karate almost four or five years. Mm -hmm. So I would like, we would, we would teach all the like at-risk youth. That's how, I, that's how I felt like I was giving back because these were all like hood kids. They had no money. These fools would come with like 20 pesos a month, which is equal to like a dollar. And I'll put the rest for them or I'll do, you know, and I was buying all the headgear, you know, and like just pitching in for them because they were like street kids, you know. So I'm like, so these guys already had seen, they they would, they had this surveillance on me. They were watching me, tailing me, all that shit. So when they tackled me, I heard that. Cuff his feet, he's going to kick. So they cuffed my feet when they tackled me to the ground, but then they like put the, all the, you know, guns on my head, don't move, like in Spanish, you know, don't move, motherfucker, we'll smoke your ass. Which were is, they American? Nah, they were Mexican. Americans can't go in the U.S. like that. They they can't have guns and like the FBI go could go in, but they can't have guns. They could just watch. I'm sure like for Chapo and them, they do go in, but they're dressed as Mexican Marines or Mexican uh, military. Because if you see when they get like big time dudes, they're wearing ski masks. Mexican fools don't give a fuck. Like whatever See so what'd you feel i mean like what, what I, I thought it was i thought it was the dude that was parked outside my house i thought i was about to die mm -hmm. so they get me because it's like a kidnapping they didn't show me no bad it happens it happened in an instant it's like an explosion the way it happened boom they snatch me up they cover my head i can't see throw me in the truck they cuff my feet to the bottom of the truck so i can't jump out and they're just holding my head down and they're just like trying to like punk me like like and don't move, you know, like, but in Spanish, sound crazy, you know, like, this, this, and that, and, and then, uh, we're gone, and I could hear, you know, we're making left, by the way the engine revs up, and I know we're making lefts, rights, because I drove around there, so I know, left, right, right, left, so I'm thinking, oh, they're going to take me to, a, like, uh, they're called casas de seguridad, like, security, like, like, cartel fools or cops have them where they do all their dirty work. They'll take you to one of them pads and they'll go to work on you, you know? So I'm thinking, it's crazy because my boy at the that runs a sweat lodge, he would run them super hot. And he, I remember he told us one day, I run them like this so in case one day you guys get tortured, you guys can handle it. Mm. So that shit popped up in my head. Like, man, we're about to go to one of those pads. And I've been in them pads. I've seen what they do to people. I've seen what happens to they drilling you, they fucking chainsawing you, you know, anything, scale saw you, 
a lot of shit happens to you, you know? And, um, but after a few minutes, whatever, whatever, I seen a packet on the floor of papers. You know, they uncover my head. I see the packet. I see my face right there. But it don't matter because the, the, the bad guys do intel on you too. So right. you never know. Don't mean shit. But then that's when he tells you, he's like, hey, in, in Spanish, he's like, what's up, conejo? And I didn't like reply to him. And then he said my real name and I didn't reply to him. And then they're like, look, bro, like, we don't even give a fuck about you for reals. <laughs> like, the U.S. came over here. They fucking, they hit us with the folder. He's there. Can you bring him to us now? We don't care about, because they, they, they don't. I know, I knew cops over there that would catch fugitives. So I would always ask him questions. He's like, man, we don't give a fuck what the U.S. is talking about. We, we do it when it's just like, they already told on them. Someone told on them. And it's obvious. And we got to get them and turn them over to the U.S. But... These fools, honestly, the way they got me, and I was with them riding around in the truck, they didn't go and turn me in right away. These fools were scheming. They got all kinds of shit going on. Hey, meet us at the spot. Is everything ready? Like, this shit was like straight like training day. You know, when they're getting ready to hit that house mm -hmm. that where the one dude's at, that older dude, mm -hmm. and they're getting ready and they meet somewhere. I was at a meeting point with them somewhere. I was just in the truck, but they're like meeting up, and, and, and I know the language. You know, not, not just saying Spanish, but the shit they're... So they they don't care about me, so then you know they take you to um to the command center whatever, and that's that picture that picture where I'm where I'm like that with no shirt on, that's where they took that picture. But they they were they were kind of cool because somewhere along there they let me make a phone call. I go can I make can I call my daughter? She's in school, and they're like what's the number? And I, I don't know. And I gave them the name. They Googled it. They um they got the number. They called it. Uh, the, the principal answered. And I was like, yeah, yo soy el papá de Kay. Soy el papá de Kay. Um, me la pasa, por favor. So they went and got her. And then my daughter got on the phone. And I'm like, mommy, um, something happened. And the police got me. They're going to take me back to where grandma's at. And my daughter started screaming and crying. So, I, you know, I, that shit, like, weakened me right there, you know, to hear her scream that way. Because I never heard her scream like that. That's like if you see a fucking ghost. Like, ah, some horror shit. And then crying. Her first initial reaction was scream and then cry, no, 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 no. And I told her, like, you know what? You're a big girl. Don't worry. Tell the principal to call your mom that you want to go home. And then I'm going to have grandma and I'm going to have uh, your tío, your tía. They're going to call you. But relax. Calm down. And she was listening to me. I calmed her down. But she was still crying. And that, that's what happened. And then, then they take you to the border. There's this long concrete walk where, like, where you're like, you know, your 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 waist, your shackle from the waist, you know, you're like, you do that walk. They always, when every time they catch fugitives, you see them. They do that walk, and they turn you over to like ICE, Homeland Security, uh, I think, um, CBP, something Border Patrol. They're all right there. Fucking, um, they sit me down in the lobby. It was crazy because it was like regular people. They take their, they took all their shit from me. I'm just sitting there. I don't even think I was cuffed. And the dude, the dude's like, what's your name? And it's crazy because I didn't, I didn't use my name in 15 years. And you know your social? And I'm like, yeah, hold on, hold on. And I was trying to remember how it goes. He's like, nah, there's nothing here. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'm not even wanted. What the fuck? Maybe I'm, oh, man, I feel <laughs> stupid if I was on the run for 15 years and I wasn't wanted. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's just, yeah. I'm, he just was sit there, want to see, and he was checking. <laughs> An hour passed by. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, this guy needs to be over there. And they came and they cuffed me again. They put me and they cuffed me to a bench. 
And then I'm on this bench, and there was like a senior, like this old white dude, like a, one of those, like, fucking a dick, you know? And then he's like, he comes in, he's like, what the fuck's this guy doing here? Uh-uh, this dude needs to be in a cell already. This is not like, this dude's not here for like some drunken public in Mexico. Mm -hmm. This needs to be in there. So they, that was the first cell I went into. Once I went into that cell, I was like, oh, man, this is it. This is how it starts. Look at this shit. You know, fucking metal sink and toilet. Mm. You know what, what, a, what a cell looks like, you know? And I'm in there. I'm just like, fuck, let me do some push-ups. Because it was freezing. They had that AC blowing. So I'm like, and I had a hoodie and everything. And then like two hours later, um, LAPD, the, the, the Fugitive Task Force, pulls up. Like, they, had, they were in Vegas um, sitting on somebody, trying to catch somebody within Vegas. And they got the call, hey, we got Conejo. So they smashed all the way to TJ and they, they came and they just like picked me up. And then we drove to 77th Division. Oh, wow. So we're fucking, um, I remember we're driving on the, I think it was the 5, maybe the 805, I don't know, one of those. But I remember I'm just like looking at all these like Red Robin, um, Carl's Jr. I'm just seeing all this shit on the way there. I'm in the little like minivan with one chair and there's one chair in the back. And the dude's in the back, and he's just like, hey, don't fuck around. Just, let's just make it a smooth ride. But I'm, like, cuffed like this, so I can't do nothing, yeah. you know, really. And and in my head, I'm like, you know, like, it was kind of like almost like a sign of relief. Like, that was just so many years of, of all that weight on me, you know. So it's just like I wasn't happy, but 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 I was just, like, nostalgic that drive. Because we made it from over there to, to 77th in one hour. Wow. They were smashing. We were uh, like a caravan, like three cars. And you know right there in San Clemente, they got that other little checkpoint right there? Yeah. That shit's never fucking open. I mean, that shit's never closed. Like, they were out there that day. So we pulled up. <coughs> they flashed their lights. They did some kind of symbols. Flashed the badge. We're like, go, 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 go. Boom. We get to 77th Division. Cold ass night. I remember it was cold. It was chilly. One of those like it was November, so it was kind of, you know, like that cold air. Seventy seven is fucking wild. You step <laughs> in there, and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's a fucking crack kick about to get processed next to me, like all these weird ass dudes and shit. And and the process starts. You know, I go to the I, fi I finally end up in a cell by myself. I'm like, can I use the phone? They bring me down. I only knew one number because. You know, I memorized my girl's number, so I call it. She gives me a couple other numbers. I start calling. They put me in a, like a little tank at 77. So I'm calling any number I can. Hey, do me a three-wheel. Call it. Give me a number or whatever. I go back to my cell. You know, it's, I think it's becoming the next day or it does become the next day. And they're like, hey, um, we're going to clean your cell. We're going to move you to this other cell. So I had a boy that he was on the run 20 years. They had caught him two months before me. Off of Adams, too, mm -hmm. like Adams and, you know, Maple and, you know, all those right there. And when they took him to 77, there's a thing called Perkins. They'll put an informant in your cell with you. It, it's a, it's like a tactic they, they use, Perkins. I don't know if you, it made a big deal because in, in Orange County they were using it. Mm -hmm. So they put an informant in there and they asked him all these questions and this fool ended up talking to his, about his case to a, he might have been a straight LAPD. But me, they put me in a cell with a dude that has all his arms full of tracks. It's heroin addict. He has fucking track marks all over his arms. And they put me in there, and I'm, I got a hoodie on. I still got my street clothes. And then um, 
you know, like the first thing he asked me, he's like, what you in here for, rape? He hmm. tells me like, I'm going to fuck this fool up. I'm like, what? And But I already knew like, okay, the camera's right there. You know, they could hear the speakers on the wall. I'm like, oh, this is, the, here's the, this is where the setup starts. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like, what? Oh, no, no, no. I apologize, whatever. He says some shit because he's seen that I like, kind of like, I'm about to stomp him out. And then he starts asking me about people. Like, he didn't know who I was. I didn't introduce myself to him because I was like, the fuck? This was a smoker. What the fuck am I going to tell him who I am or anything? Give him any info, you know? He's nobody to me. And and then he starts bringing up people that I know. He's like, hey, you know your homeboy this? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> How you know him? And then he's like, yeah, you know, he sells dope over here on this street. He starts telling me he's throwing all these things out, you know? And I'm like, oh, is that right? Mm, all right, cool. I'm not answering none of his shit. Well, when I was at 77, my attorney already had came to see me. It was already in place, everything. So he's like, man, just, um, you know, fall back, chill. Don't talk to nobody about your case. I'm on it already. Don't worry about it. I might not make it to the first court date, so don't freak out if you don't see me there. So I go to that first court day and I have a public defender, it's a lady. And I'm right, tell her, hey, do I get bail? And she's like, nah, there's no bail for death penalty cases. Oof. And that shit's another <laughs> out of body Dude. experience. That shit fucked me up, you know? She's like, there is no bail for those type of cases. And everybody in the tank, everybody in the tank's like, oh shit. <laughs> like everybody's just quiet, like, oh, cause you know, there's. Damn. There was some, there was homies in there, you know, that yeah. I ended up running into him later. You might know, I'll tell you, I've, I've, you know yeah. them. He's an old school yeah. homie. Yeah. You might know him because he was in the feds and, um, and then he knew me already. Everybody, when, when I stepped in the county, everybody knew me. Your and, name carried his weight. Yeah. So, so they were just like, man, so we saw a rabbit, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. And then, you know, and that, it was kind of strange for me too. Cause like I said, I haven't used my real name. Jose in 15 years, mm. I've been this, I've been that, I've been all these other names, and now I'm back to like, I'm Jose again, and then I never, when I was on the run, I'll never tell nobody I was from Harpies, or they call me Conejo, Rabbit, whatever from Harpies, never, I'll never, I'll just, like, because there was informants over there, you know, that would trade info to get their green cards to come back to the U.S., or, you know, like, yeah. there was a lot, a lot of, like, that going on, so... I go through the, I go back, now, now from, from court you go to the county and that's when you get processed into the county. And I get to the county and everybody's like, the same thing, man, this fool's like, oh shit, fucking rabbit's right here with us or whatever. And everybody's like, man, you're gonna go to high power. They're not gonna keep you in like GP, you're, you're gonna go up there. And I'm like, man, I'm not, that's again, I'm like, I'm not a celebrity like that. I'm, you know, I'm just like you guys. I, it's, I'm, I'm just a regular homie, there ain't no, you know, like, I don't feel like a celebrity or none of that shit. And, and, and nothing happened. I end up, you know, you go in the county for like two or three mm -hmm. days. They moving you up and down and this, this. Then they ship me out to Wayside, Supermax. And that's when I knocked out for like three days. I was just <laughs> tired. I was just super tired. I just slept for like three days. I just get up to eat and go right back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And the homies were like cool with it, you know, because you're not really, you're not supposed to like sleep in the day, you know. Yeah. But they knew I, I had came from like, basically like war, you know, I needed some rest. And that was it. I just, I stayed in there for like a year and a half fighting. The, as a matter of fact, I never left arraignment. I went home from arraignment. I never went to preliminary. They just postponed, postponed, postponed for a year and a half. 
And then one day I went to court, and uh, my attorney, shout out to uh, Stuart Goldfarb. See, it's crazy because I'll call Dave, right? I was calling Dave from the county, so I called Dave one day. And how, how, do you, how did you know We're from Dave? the same neighborhood. And Dave grew up like two blocks away from me. Okay, and which, so you knew Rich and you knew all yeah, the guys. Yeah, I used to train with Rich, all that, everything. Like, when did you first meet him? Because he didn't grow, like he moved there from foster care, right? Like he did, did he grow up down there? He grew up like his later teenage years, later but, teen- but he's older than me. Yeah. But Dave's, I just see Dave walking down. Like he was like, Dave was banged out back then. Honestly, Dave, you'll see Dave, <laughs> a white guy with a pen. But see, look, this is the thing. In the neighborhood, there's a family of brothers. They're a white family and they were all from Harpies. Somehow, I don't know why, but I always thought Dave was, maybe he's from there. He's from one of the, those brothers. All these fools had blue eyes. They were all, they're all, but all these fools end up like fools got life and everything. They were all banged out. But I was just assume Dave was a dude that just walked by. Like I see him. I was a little kid, you know. So I see these faces. You know, later we connect. Later when I'm as I'm older, you know. And then um, but like like I said, I'll, I'll call Dave from the county, right? And this was like six months before I went home. I didn't know I was going home. I'm fighting life now. Now the death penalty's off. Now it's just life. So I called Dave, and Dave's like, hey, if you could come home before April, you're on Family Crimes, my new series. <laughs> He's telling me this shit, and I'm like, bro, they're trying to give me life. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it home by April. But it's crazy because I came home in February. Like, I came home before even that, you know? And, and, and I, you know, I used to call him and shit, whatever. And then, um, so one day my attorney came. Attorney visit, like unexpectedly, and I'm like, oh shit, I got my shit. Went to the attorney visit, to the visiting room. Now, now I was in Medium North. I only stayed in Supermax. I would say, if it wasn't a month, it was two months, two court dates at the most. And then they shipped me to Medium North. It's, it's still in, in the LA County Jail, but it's called Medium North. And then, um, so they, he came to see me, and he goes, I got good news and I got bad news. And I was like, man, just tell me the bad news. And he's like. They just offered you three years. And I'm like, that's bad news? That's good news. Because I've already been here a year and a half. I would only do like another 15 months and I'm, I'm home. I'm like, I'm taking it. He's like, nah, 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 nah. The good news is that that tells me I could beat this shit. I, I could get you a way better deal or I could beat this shit. And he, they, he always had told me, he's like, they have a marginal case at best against you, you know? And, and I was never like cocky about it. It felt a little bit good, but I never like, like, I'm winning. I never, cause there's dudes that, that that felt like that. And I remember there was this dude in there. He was from Hoover. I want to say they called him Rat, Rat, Rat Boy, old school dude. This dude had just he had went proper and beat a murder case. Wow. And then they charged him with another one. He's an old dude too. And but he was like a fucking lawyer, and he ended up in my dorm. But my dorm was a, a neighborhood dorm, I think. It was like the 60s or 30s. Mm. It's like a, that, that's the crips that were in there. So everybody would go to him and kind of like get some like legal advice from him. And, and I remember I had told him, I had like sat down with him, I brought him some offerings, like, look, I'm gonna tell you my case, what you think? And he's like, man, you're going home. Maybe not today and maybe not tomorrow, but you're going home. I'm like, all right, cool. So, but still, I never like, um, I never like, took anything for granted i just try to stay humble stay out of the way and and you know like you know just be respectful and 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 just be quiet and just you know do my shit and focus on my case and um so the attorney goes and he tells me that 
And I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna take those three years. And he's like, nah, he doesn't. He, and and you know, my, he's he's Jewish, you know. And I was like, I just feel, I always feel like Jewish attorneys are the best, you know. They're like that's God's chosen people and shit, yeah, like yeah. you know. And 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 at one, he's from he's really from like the East Coast, so so he come like to he'd be like Shalom, babe, and I'd be like Shalom, you know. He like would pound on the on the glass, and then um. Nah, nah, I'm taking them. He was arguing with me. I'm like, no, it's my shit. I'm going to take it. So then, you know, me and my girl are making plans and shit. Like, look, we're over there, like, calculating. If I take the three years, and then I'm going to have, like, this much time. But if I do this one little program, they're going to knock off so I can, maybe I can get out of there in 11 months, 10 months. The day before I go to my last court date, I call him. Stu, I'm taking that deal. Jose, you're not. Yeah, I am. We're like going back and forth. I'm taking that deal, and he's like, "No, he's just we're, bump, we're not bumping heads, but we're just like a little tug of war, right?" So I get to court the next day, right? See, courts at like nine. I always be the first guy in court. CCB. I was in a division, I think 31 or 33. I'm not sure. And um, I would always be the first guy because I had a real attorney. All the public defender guys, like they might be in that tank for five hours before they they see him, or three hours, or some shit, right? So he comes in, shalom, all that, shalom, and then um, he's like, "Hey, I got you a better deal. You'll be home by 7 p.m. tonight." I'm like, "What?" The whole fucking the whole tank was like, it was like boom, like, and I'm like, well, well, "What is it?" Well, we're gonna plead you down to voluntary manslaughter. We're gonna give you a six-year sentence, suspended, and five years probation. And I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so fuck I came yeah. out to court, and the judge like, you sure you want to take this deal? I'm like, yeah. My mom and my sister are like, my mom's crying. My mom can't even. But my mom's telling my sister like, ¿Qué? ¿Qué dijo? And my sister's like, he's gonna come home today. And my mom's crying, and my sister's like jittery. Like my sister, the one I talked about before, my older sister. Yeah. So then. Um, you know, we go under CCB. I pop out in courtroom, I think like 50, 51, 55, one of those. And it's a different, it feels different now. It, the fucking, the tank is warm. Like everything <laughs> changed. I almost feel the sunlight. Like, I'm like, if everything feels happy, like the judge is nice. I mean, not that the judge was fucked up before, but it's different now. And it's crazy because there was this lady, she used to write me. She was like, like victory outreach Christian lady. But she was like fucking psychic or prophetic or some shit. She told me you're you're gonna go home your next court date, and I and and you know, I was like, all right, cool, okay, it's cool. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, like God, you know, like hearing you. And then there was this, it was crazy because there was this satanic dude in our dorm. He was a homie. He's kind of a J cat. He was cool though, you know. But he was just like off. But he was like a satanic dude and. And he was in there because he had did a crime, did some robberies. And he was like, I guess, wanted. And I think they caught him in, in a park somewhere doing a ritual and shit on the floor. <laughs> some, some, some weird case. It was a weird case. But he was entertainment. So I'll go fuck with that fool. You know, talk to him. Hear some, hear some stories, whatever. And that fool told me, you're going to go home in three court dates. But this is before that lady told me that. Damn. I went home on the third court date for wow. him. He told me. So whatever, you know, I'm, they put me back in the tank. Tank's packed. This is before everybody starts going back to, to you know, meet him south, meet him north, Supermax, wherever they're housed at. So I'm, it's the, 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 the court tank is packed. You know, it gets hot in there. It'd be fucking smelling and everybody's talking. It's loud. You just hear, wow, you can't even hear shit, you know. 
and I go to, there's a payphone in there, and I go call my boy, and then they start splitting up. They start taking you to another tank, this tank, that tank, and then um, I told my, I told Jay, I call my boy Jay. That's it, fool. I sign. I'll be home tonight. Woo, shit is on. Do this shit now, cause you know we've been, like, like the whole time I was on the run, like I'll be on the internet, all that shit. I'll see everything. I'm telling you, when you guys were doing Fury, Dave reached out to me. He reached out to my people to get at me because he, he had two nightmares where I was getting chopped up in pieces. And I called the UK. You guys were on, I called the set while mm. you guys were on the set. So that's what I'm saying. I'll see you or Shia or, or any of the homies that are actors in movies or doing, I, even though I didn't know any of you guys, but it'll make me feel homesick because uh, I man. feel like, man, if I, if I could be there, I could fuck with I fuck, could fuck yeah. with you guys, you know. Even my boy Prayers and Kat Von D, yeah. like I used to watch I used to watch them separate, and I and I just be like, man, if I could just be there, I know I could fuck with these people, you know. And I, and 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 you know, I'm 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 not a fucking like scary dude. I don't think <clears> or <throat> intimidate or nothing. I'm think I feel like I'm pretty chill and yeah. and and laid back. That you know, so I'm in that tank. They start splitting people up. And then there was a dude that was in my dorm, and I had stacks of pictures, stacks. Like I had fans. I had, I used to get mail from all over the world from fans that were just writing me. I used to get mail every day, like because when you're there, you're like your music is already it's been out. out. Yeah, it's, it's been. been out. I got so like 60, 70 albums, right. eighty albums out. So every and everybody knows my 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 booking information is on the internet. So people are writing me, and you know I get I had stacks of books. You know I left probably like. $500 worth of books on my on my bunk when I left, you know? Because mm. I, I was, what you want to read? And I just, I, I want to read anything. Like I was getting books on the occult and religious books and this and that and and about just like poetry and everything. And, you know, I would get books just to give them away. You know, I would get like like my, like a, a easy read that's like, that I always loved was The Alchemist. Yeah, I love and, that. And, and it just like would touch my heart that, and I would read it over and over, and I want to bless somebody with it. I'm like, mm -hmm. look, this shit's gonna save you. This is the fucking truth right here. So I'll give that book to somebody, you know. And and another book that I I read several times that I love was um the Count of Monte Cristo, oh, wow. Duma. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that book. You know, you know, he came back, got his, even though he dies at the end. I, I don't like that part, but <laughs> but but like just the whole shit, like how he was like on some caveman shit. He goes to that jail. He gets schooled. He learns all this stuff. And he comes back a new man, like mm. with new intentions, even though they were kind of like, you know, spiteful and revenge. You know, he wanted that revenge. But I, I just love that book. And, you know, I would like recommend, man, here, I'll, here, I'll give you this. You know, anybody, like, if, if you was like cool with me, then, you know, and I felt like, you know, you're worthy of this book and you're not just going to fucking like fucking hit up in it and shit and start, <laughs> you know, tagging all in. So and that's, know, like, that's it. So. You know, so the dude in the dorm, I told him, look, all my store, because, you know, I used to go to the store, I'm fat yeah. every day. I have bags of fucking food under my bed, like, it, which is all bad for you, which is all salt or sugar. There's like nothing, I mean, the seafood has a gang of salt in it, and the sweets, is with sweets. I told him, all my store, give it to this homie. All my books, give it to this homie. All, all lifers, all people that were fighting life, you know, and, and then all my pictures go to this homie. And then whatever is, you know, you guys split up, whatever, I'm out of here. Tell the homies, that I'm, uh, you know, stay up and much love. Thank you for everything, you know, you guys. Because the homies, they looked out for me in there, you know. 
they showed a lot of love. Like, I, not that I got any special treatment because I won't accept special treatment. They were kind, you know, and 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 I did have like little, little perks and shit, you know, like, but, but because I was always like straightforward and I was a team player and I was just, you know, I wasn't nothing ever went to my head and I never felt like, ah, uh, you know. So then the tank's just getting smaller, 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 smaller. Now they changed me to another tank. It's a fucking little tank right there in CCB. It's one of those little ones at the end of the hallway. And I'm right there, and now it's like there's two dudes, two Mexican dudes. One's like, hey, bro, you're Conejo? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, it's my birthday today, dog. Can I get a signature, a autograph? And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I signed this little, you know, that little pink release paper. Yeah. I signed yeah. this orange yeah. charge paper. Yeah, property shit. Yeah, yeah I signed that shit. And then they leave, so I'm like, okay, now it's like, there's an Asian dude who's G'd up, black dude, and every, we're not, no one's talking. So it's like, this is the last, if some yeah. shit's gonna pop off, it's, this is it. So everybody's quiet, no one's talking. The Asian dude's not talking, I'm not talking, black dude's not talking. Everybody's just quiet, and everybody's like low-key, like, checking each other out, like, like, cause, you know, you, you never know, you know? And everybody's a G in there. Everybody's a gang member in there, so everybody's just like watching each other's moves. Black dude leaves. They called him out. Now it's me and the Asian dude, so we're just like this fool got long hair, shit's braided. It's probably from Long Beach. I don't know. I never, I never, I didn't, I didn't ask him, you know. But he's probably from, you know, he's probably Cambodian. That's what I'm thinking, because he's banged out, like tatted up, face tats, everything. We're just quiet. And um, boom, they call him out. I'm in there by myself. Now it's like six o'clock. Court's over. I should have been out. Yeah. But they had told me, you, by, you, I, I didn't know I was going to be the last guy. So I'm like, man, the phone doesn't work in there. It's freezing. I'm just like, fuck. And then finally they call me out. And they release me and they give you a little ticket. Like a ticket? The paper, your release paper is actual a ticket. And I just seen this, you know, it said 187 on it. And here's signed right here. And they, I signed it. And, I, and then now in the county you have um, Crocs. So I got the homies Crocs. I gave them the the, 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 yeah. the little fake cross trainers, the little fake Air Maxes they got in there. Yeah. They're cool though. They look fresh when they're brand new. They're white and crispy and um and um and then they you change into a paper jumpsuit. It's like black, a black paper jumpsuit and the black Crocs. And then it's a it's like a garage door, but it's the big one where the buses come through. Mm. That shit goes up. And man, my sister, my girl, were right there. Wow. And then I said, you know, I, I, you know, well, I hugged them, and then I'm like, call my daughter. So that's the first thing I want to do. I want to talk to my daughter. So they they FaceTime her, right? And my sister's like, hey, somebody wants to talk to you, and they put it on me like this, and she starts crying, mm. and she she's like, why are you guys playing with me? She thought that I was a, a cardboard cutout. Oh. She said that why why would you guys do a cardboard cutout on my dad? Oh. Why would you guys play like that with me? And she's crying, and I'm like, I start talking to her. I'm like, nah, mommy, that's me. Sid, I'm, I, just, I just got out. I'm out. And then we just both, we just both started crying, you know, like, oh, I love you, daddy. I love you, mommy. And then um, went to the pad. Little barbecue was waiting for me. And then my girl, she's, she's from Ventura, so got to go. I'm from Ventura mm -hmm. now. <laughs> so <laughs> I came out here. And, and, you know, it just seemed like, it seemed like, 
fucking, I was in the Midwest somewhere in the middle. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, we, I remember we we got off on one exit. Like, we do that Santa Rosa road, that back one when you get yeah. off the, the 118 to the 26. Or 126. Right? Yeah, you get yeah. off somewhere right there by Moore Park in the back. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Country, man. I just feel like that, <laughs> I feel like that, that when you're, you know, you're out of your comfort zone, that yeah. I'm like, damn, like, we're gonna even have neighbors in this like, how am i gonna like, do this yeah. what the fuck yeah. but you know and then it just felt weird a little bit but but then the next day i had to go to the county and get my property which was fucking i didn't want it i just wanted this this is a it's called it's your mano de rula it's from the ceremony it's a ceremony you do for you the three-day ceremony I, I didn't want nothing i just wanted my mano de rula and then um so i had to go see probation they were still over there on um Crenshaw and um, exposition. Exposition, yup. <laughs> so I went to go see her. She was cool as fuck. Went back to the county. I didn't have. Well, I have no no ID. I don't have anything. My wife had got me a, a birth certificate. So I go to the county. They don't want to give me my shit because they don't believe that's me. <laughs> and I'm telling them like, but it was enough for like the FBI and it was enough for them mm, to yeah. know it's me. Why is not enough for you? Well, we need to see. I don't have an ID. I've been a fugitive 15 years. I don't have anything. This is all I have. You know what? I didn't even have the birth certificate yet. I have anything. I just had that paper, that little sign out paper oh, yeah. and a, some probation papers. And then they, they gave me my shit back. And that's it. And I called Dave. No, it took me like two or three days to get a cell phone. And I hit up Dave, and he's on the East Coast, and he's like, hey, I'll be back in a week. I'm going to go pick you up. All right, cool. week later, Dave shows up. Him and fucking, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Um, Anthony. Now that I know him and Anthony came. And fucking, uh, they pick me up, go to this Mexican restaurant. Dave's on fucking phones, you know, making deals, trying to make shit happen. All this shit's going on. And I'm like, what's up? And he goes, oh, we got this movie. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, are you going to be in it? I'm like, all right, cool. He goes, what's my, I told him, I remember I told him, what's my name going to be in the movie? He's like, Conejo. And I'm like, oh, shit, cool. But I already had been telling Dave, like, about the Afro-Cuban religions, about, like, intricate workings of the way, the things that I've seen, you know, that could help him in the script, you know. So they kind of injected that yeah. into the tax collector. And he was just like, here, go see fucking, what's her name? Um, What's her name? Um... Ivana Chovic? Yeah, yeah. Go see her. Show up at this address. We're going to be fucking rehearsing for a few months. Come here every day. And that's it. Did you did you enjoy it? Did all that shit. Everything. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I remember um, we were rehearsing, right? At first, it was just me and Bobby. Me, Bobby, and Cynthia. And as time went on, like another cast member came on, which was that, uh, what's her name? Chelsea. But I remember the day Shia walked in. You know, I was kind of starstruck a little bit. Not starstruck, like, because, you know, but but he walked in, and he was bald. This fool, his head was shaved. And then he had some Levi's, and the way they were folded, he that's how skinheads do it. So I'm like, this fool's supposed to be on a fucking skinhead movie or some shit. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And he walked in like, Shia, you know, he's him, you know. And he looked at me, and he's like, ah, Heard about you, whatever. Yeah. And what up, bro? Boom, boom. We shook hands. And then they started running the scene when they're driving in the car, him and Bobby. And I was just like, damn, I was kind of intimidated by them because like, these motherfuckers are real actors. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, like, I'm, I just better shut the fuck up and peep game and 
soak it up as much as I can, you know, because I know Dave's going to call on me right now <laughs> and tell me to say something or something. I'm going to be like, ah, and I got to like, and then, you know, more people started before not, then the rehearsal started getting bigger, bigger, bigger. And then I remember one day um, I see George Lopez walk in and I was kind of the same like Shia, like kind of starstruck. I'm like, man, this motherfucker's bigger than I, than he looks, you know, he looked big to me, you know fucking little black tuxedo and shit. I'm like, oh, this fool's looking spiffy and shit. Mm -hmm. He walked in and that fool told me the same shit. He shaked everybody. He knew, I think everybody. He's like, ah, conejo. Like, fuck you. You killed me in the movie or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then he just shook my hand. He was cool. And then that's it. And from there, like, just everything, you know, I, like all these things started happening. And, you know, and then so, you know, Bobby, I got close with him. And, and, and there was a lot of ties, you know, because Bobby's, you know, his family and his grandpa and the, the area and then Dave. It was like fucking West Adams was like running shit. Like mm. we were in the fucking building. Like it felt good, you know? I bet. It felt like like good. Like even though I didn't I don't know I I known about Bobby for years. I just never met him. I know about him. I know his whole shit. But everything happens for a reason and and, and everything happens at the right place at the right, right. time. So my story is a story of, of perseverance and and even though I like, I felt like giving up a, a hundred times, but I kept that shit going. And that's why when like dudes like step to me and they're like, hey, I'm like, man, fuck out of here with that shit. Like, <laughs> man, I had all kinds of adversity. I kept it going and, and I, I had all the, I went against the odds and, and so there's no excuse, it, you yeah, know? It's hard to accept excuses from people that got the sad stories, right? Yeah, like, hey, hook yeah. me up, I'm the yeah, shit, I'm exactly. like. exactly. Man, everybody's the shit. Everybody is the shit, but just, you know, you gotta like, I don't know. Grind. You gotta grind and, and, and just, you know, work hard. And I like, I ain't made it. I'm just, I'm, I'm out here just like. I still come. But, but I'm enjoying the journey, you know, yeah. it's cool. I, you know, I, acting I think is cool because it's, it, it's not like the music. It will, it's sort of like the music, it's still an art, you know, but I could tell like different shit, you know, and I could right. show them like, you know, I got a lot of life experience in a lot of different areas that, that probably a lot, a lot of people don't have, you know, so. Man, it's been a pleasure, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I swear, <laughs> man. Oh. Yup. Thank you, bro. Yeah. I just appreciate you being so open, man, and sharing, sharing everything with us. And That shit was kind of painful the whole way through it. Exactly. You know, no, I had good, I had good times. Like I said, life is life, and I had beautiful times over there, and I feel like, like as far as the music, that's where I found my voice over there because you know i just had so much content so much shit to talk about and sure. all the shit that was going on and i miss home so much and you know i, f I found my voice over there and and a lot of things you know i didn't believe in i mean i believed in god but i didn't believe in him like i believe in him now you know the gods my ancestors you know all these things and whatever you know i didn't I wasn't fucking reading shit over here. I was, I read like close to 300 books. It took me to lose my firstborn son, Dante Jr., and and 15 mm. years in a federal pen before I picked up a Bible and really tried to get an understanding, man. Yeah. So, you know, everybody got that moment, man. But I think the most important thing here is, you know, the change you made through all that, you know, yeah. through, you know, look what you went through and, and look what you are. You know, and I think that's the most important part. I think that's what I want people to get out of your story, man, that it ain't no excuses. You know, I think it's, it's very important that you share that, man. 
I thank appreciate you, you coming, man. man. We appreciate you, you, man. Thank you, thank you, John. Yeah, man. That was an honor. Man. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, bro. Oh, shit.